Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this Monday edition of the Sea Report. That is Monday, June 21st, 2021. I am your host, Mr. C, and it is good to be with you all again for another great show tonight. I hope you all had a great Father's Day weekend, a great weekend all around for all fathers and mothers alike. Of course, you know, Father's Day is for fathers, but I always celebrate both my parents. Uh, and, uh, you know, I hope you guys, I hope you fathers got some awesome barbecue on. Now, I'll be completely honest with you. When it came to my household, my dad was a pretty good cook, but my mom could kill it on the barbecue. <laughs> so interestingly enough, uh, or interesting enough, uh, I actually had, I actually have my mom in house today. Now she's not going to be popping on the show or anything like that. There's going to be, uh, there's, a, there's some stuff developing here in the C household. I won't be, I'm not afraid to share. Now, one thing for sure today. We are going to talk about some of the election audit updates. Now, you know, sometimes I kind of sit back and I think about it. And uh, I don't know if I should, uh, I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, should I apologize? Because it seems like the C-Report, all we cover is election audits. And and definitely, if you guys are in um, are in the zone for, you know, different types of topics, well, I, I do apologize. You know, that's why I try and uh, get in some other headlines on separate shows. But, you know, I guess basically when it boils down to it, when we're talking about everything that's going around the world, like that we have a whole bunch of, um, you know, we have a whole bunch of outlets that we can get a whole bunch of news from, whether it's, you know, in print, online, or on TV for patriots, you know, for patriots, people who really know what's going on, people who are initiated. And a lot of the guys out there, the content creators um, and the other shows do a very good job of covering everything about Biden, about the G7, even about, you know, coronavirus, COVID-19 and the jabs. Um, you know, when it comes to things like COVID, uh, it's all there point blank and pretty easy for you all to see. Even the things that are coming out now in like the Fauci emails, for example, if you dig hard enough, you can find all that information. Like it's out there. We reported on it back in February, in March of this year, you know, and, and other people have been reporting about it since psh, like March of last year when COVID first came out. It just takes a little bit of digging. But when it comes to the election audits, there are just so many moving parts to it, you know, so many moving parts um, um, that I, I guess that's why that has kind of been the focal of what we cover here at the Sea Report. I mean, because, you know, and a lot of this stuff is just coming out. It's not like, you know, with Fauci and his emails, you drop a FOIA request, it takes a year and, and, and change, and then finally you get your information, and then you can charge at him with all of the other data that's already been out there. You know, like, think about, like, the uh, the uh, frontline, frontline uh, doctors for America. That stuff was out, like, 
during the spring and summer of last year when they were getting banned, you know, and in fact, uh, the Project Veritas video that just came out, I'm sure most of you all have probably already seen it, but we're going to play it here today at the end of the show. Uh, that was a Texas Houston um, um, local story, and that was totally banned and covered as that uh, um, that reporter Ivory Hecker had talked about with James O'Keefe, um, but that was there. What we see here with this election audit stuff, all the moving parts, okay, we're seeing it from the election workers, and granted, yes, we had Ruby Freeman and Wandrea Shea, whatever her name is, her daughter, we had them on video, they were there, uh, featured during the hearings that uh, Rudy Giuliani and the Trump team were doing back in December, you know, uh, but then also you have the rest of the stuff that's coming out. You have the election workers, you have the lawyers, you have the state legislators, you have the governors, you have the secretary of snakes, all the way up to the federal level, you know, and so I guess that's kind of why it's taken such a head here at the Sea Report. So I just wanted to say, you know, we do get heavy sometimes here at the Sea Report, and we do stay focused, uh, but we will sneak in other headlines when we have the chance. But anyways, I just wanted to welcome everyone again. Like, I hope you guys had a very great weekend. Uh, I hope it was very lively for you all. And that everyone got to celebrate uh, and spend some time with some, hey, quiet, spend some time with family, you know, and uh, just kind of kick back and stuff like that. Now, who boy, I had a pretty good weekend myself. You know, uh, we did the first episode of Lone Star News that debuted on Sunday. It was myself and the Texan on as a guest. Uh, and, you know, we'll see how that goes. Like, if, if it goes good, you know, maybe I can get uh, Texan to tag along on a, a bit more of a perm basis. But he is a busy man. He is a busy man. And then, of course, you know, we were rocking out with him uh, during the show over on Brothers and Censored afterward with him and not so average Joe Patriot. Uh, so that was a good time. That was a good night. I, I, you know, I actually got to hang out uh, with the Foxhole family this past weekend. I got to stop into the Speak Uneasy. Uh, he had a great show this past weekend. Now, I got to say, when it comes to my engagement with some of the Foxhole family, I mean... I don't say this a lot about a lot of things or people in my life. Uh, you know, I'm always more for inspiration over influence, but uh, some of you guys, I feel like some of you guys are kind of changing the way I think and see the world in some very deeper aspects of my being. Um, you know, when we talk about things like faith or even country music, <laughs> You know, but anyways, uh, it's 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 been a very great experience there. I think the thing that I would capture the most out of it is the community. Um, and that's why I say that you guys make this meaningful for me. Um, and that's because I know it's falling on ears that are not deaf. I know I'm not throwing my pearls to swine. And, you know, uh, we're on Twitch. We're on Trovo. Sometimes we go on DLive. We used to be on YouTube. And those are great and dandy for uh, people who are waking up. But, you know, I don't like to, uh, what's the word? I don't like to um, uh, underestimate the audience, you know, and that is to say, oh, well, only the people on the Foxhole app would really appreciate the information I'm giving because they're already initiated. They already know what the score is. Now hear the details. You know what I mean? I don't like to underestimate the YouTube, the Trovo, the Twitch, uh, the DLive out there. 
uh, because they could stumble upon a show like this and it could it could help or could wake them up. But sometimes I feel like some of the stuff that we cover is just already so deep into the would-be quagmire um, that I think it might go over their heads. Take, for example, some of the um, some of the uh, people that troll me over on Twitch. You know, like uh, they say everything I say in regards to Trump and COVID and the election audits. There's no proof, and I'm like, uh, you're just saying there's no proof. But if you've been tuning into the show, uh, especially on the audits, because we've been cover, we've been on the audit since day one um, with. With Maricopa starting there because Antrim County was already well into play before we started talking about it, um, you would know that everything that we present is based on affidavits, on uh, you know, on documents from court, uh, from lawyers, uh, from the Senate, from the legislature, and so all of the narrative that we build here is based on that fact of what's actually happening out there in the world. Now, the the trolls out there will never understand that. They will just uh, spout their talking points, etc. They they will never truly grasp. That's why we can only just laugh at them when they say, "Show us your facts, show us your receipts, uh, pour that sauce on." You know, however that is that they might want to say it. Um, but uh, it's meaningful for me because you guys already have that uh, light on. You know what I mean? And then to be able to bring you guys those details, like today we're going to be talking about Stacey Abrams, and we're going to be talking about how she is very much involved with George Soros. We're, you know, guys, we're already talking about how George Soros, um, you know. Uh, he influenced the National Association of Secretary of States, as well as the National Association of Election Board Directors. Okay, we've already talked about that. Now we have someone on record saying that this was George Soros' plan. And we'll we'll give you guys that a little bit in the show later on today. So it's very gratifying to me to be able to share these details with you guys, because this is the minutia, the devil's in the details, right? But so is... So is vindication, uh, because as long as we can identify that evil, we can do something about it. Uh, and whether that is taking action ourselves, which, you know, a, a good phone call, a letter writing, definitely sharing information with those who know is definitely beneficial, you know, but also um, also uh, to me, it's also a bigger conscious thing. So I've always seen myself more as a transmitter. So, you know, whatever I take in, I push out um, and it goes abroad and that goes into the collective consciousness. And, and that's a little bit more metaphysical than we like to get in here at the Sea Report. But I think it plays a pretty big role on the expansion of our understanding of what is really going on inside our government, inside our politics, inside all of the scandals that the deep state, the globalists bring to the American people so that we can fight back against that. Anyway, so thank you all for tagging along. Again, from my heart to yours, I appreciate you guys uh, coming back uh 7.30 p.m. because I had someone in the chat who was like, hey, when are you going on? And they were happy to catch me live. I'll catch the name here in a minute as we do our chat recap from last Friday, kind of uh, previously on Mr. C. Um, and then we'll go ahead and get into it from there. But I just I did want to thank you guys, especially because we, uh, especially during the C Report, as much fun as, as we have doing our chat recaps and kind of hanging out, 
um, I do tend to get into more of the seriousness of it all. And, uh, you know, that could that could just push some people away because, you know, it's it's not always all fun and games here on the Sea Report. But hopefully I can keep the spirit light enough for you guys uh, to hang in there. And, 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 you know, maybe we won't all be Teflon Dons in the way of information. It will stick with us <laughs> so we could take it with us and move forward with it and carry on and, and so forth. So anyways, that's my spiel at the beginning of the show today, believe it or not. Now, uh, in regards to today's report. I tried to put together as best a report as I could. Now, I have to let you all know, especially for my return of my repeat offenders here at the C report, uh, this week is going to be a dodgy week for me on the report. So uh, just because I feel like you should know, um, we I, I do have some stuff coming up with my family. Now, some of y'all may have been aware. And, and just so you know, I, I already asked my sister and I, I do have permission to speak on this topic, uh, but she will be going into surgery again on Wednesday. Now, some of y'all have heard about my sis um, and, uh, you know, I've been here helping her and, and you know, doing the show and stuff like that. It's It was it was a really good balance for me. Um, I've, I've kind of talked with some of you guys offline about my living situation and what goes on here and, and really just how happy and blessed I am to be able to do this. But, you know, that wouldn't come without certain things everything you know falls and everything happens for a reason there's a plan for everything right like we understand that and and you know we're all part of that to some extent now uh like i said i have permission for my sis to kind of speak about this now she had an eye surgery it was on her left eye uh about i guess going on a two to three weeks ago, maybe more, about a month ago or so or more. Um, and uh, she's going in for her second surgery on Wednesday. So the, the first surgery was not so invasive uh, to where it, basically it was good over the course of a weekend. You know, she was able to be functional again. Um, but with this upcoming surgery, she's going to be lights out for literally over a week. So I'm just letting you guys know now, um, should I happen to miss a C report, it's not that I've abandoned ship <laughs> and it's not that I, you know, I stopped doing what I'm doing. Fortunately, uh, any of the technical blessings as a Canadian Patriot 17 would like to call them. Unfortunately, that has not come into play um, uh, lately um, and I'm not expecting that they would, but I just do want to let you guys know um, it just in case, you know, because it's going to, it's going to be different. It's going to be a little bit more of a different time here in the next week and a half to two weeks as we uh, gauge how this is going to go uh, as far as her recovery goes and stuff like that. And actually, that's why my mama is in the house today. She actually, speaking of really good barbecue, <laughs> she brought over some barbecue today. Oh my goodness. It was so good to have it. You know, there's nothing like mom's home cooking. And uh, so she's, she's actually going to be with us here also. Um, so uh, that's actually a blessing as well. Um, so we'll see how that goes. And, uh, but, but I just want to let you guys know, just in case, because if I have something scheduled and I don't make an appearance, I will most definitely try and be on the air at some point. So like, for example, if I have something scheduled for C report tomorrow and the, the surgery is not tomorrow, so we should be okay there. But if uh, I have something scheduled tomorrow and I don't show up, I might show up a little later on that night. You know what I mean? Um, or we might do a Mr. C in the dark, or we might do a well, ho well, hello, Mr. C. Um, and, and, you know, I would like to actually do more of those. Um, but uh, it's just, you know, uh, 
the the business throughout the day and then getting the report together and coming on and then spending uh, you know a couple of hours with you guys um i i, I got to make room for some things you know what i mean but um but that's kind of just that so i just thought i'd let you guys know uh over the course of the next week week and a half it might be a little hit or miss but i will most definitely try and be here um if not we'll do a mr c in the dark which you know it's great for all of my uh, viewers and listeners over on the west coast and moving west because you know it seems to be like pretty early over there whenever i'm on I just, you know one time i did a mr c or, i mean i did a mr c in the dark or a well hello mr c and it was probably about geez uh, 11 at night, maybe midnight. And then I had people from Hawaii calling in. Hey, Bryson, what's up if you're out there listening? Um, and I was, they're like, yeah, it's dinner time over here. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I was like, well, that's pretty cool. I mean, we're already in the, we're already in the dark of night over here in Texas. Um, but you know, it's, it's still good. So anyways, I just thought I'd let you guys know at the head of the show. Um, and, uh, we'll see where that goes from there, ladies and gentlemen, but now ladies, Ladies and gentlemen, let's go ahead and to get into the chat recap. Angel Wing says their bedtime is at 10 p.m. <laughs> is that Texas time, Trump time, or Pacific time? <laughs> Angel Wings. Love having Angel Wings. And Doreen Merck, I see you're over in uh, Foxhole app today. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, hopping over from the Twitch, I see. Very good, very good, very good. Good to have you with us, Doreen Merck. Hey, everyone, give a big old round of applause and a howdy-do welcome to Doreen Merck. Um, she is one of my uh, one of my few Twitch uh, Twitch friends that doesn't troll, <laughs> but actually watches the program. So say hello, everyone. Give her a warm welcome. Make her feel at home so she can get nice and cozy with the family. All right, let's go into last week's chat recap. We had Joy for Trump in the house, looking up in the house, just be in the house always in texas in the house curious cat uh sherry pittsburgh and always in texas says i joined the discord mr c yes indeed you did and uh so yeah i have my discord now guys i'm you know so people are quickly finding finding out oh and okay wait guys before i go on any further i gotta say this because <laughs> i'm hearing it from behind me if i start to mambo or anything like that it's because my mom's watching some dancing movies like anyways okay so don't don't mind me okay <laughs> all right okay so yeah uh, i have a discord there now i'm 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 not always on the discord but uh if you're not going to reach me through um my personal email the c report at protonmail.com or if you guys skip over to my website at the c report let me go and expand that for you guys. The cereport.com um, down here at the bottom. We look at we raise the questions at the C report. I have this uh, nice handy dandy contact form. Um, if you want to get in touch with me, if not, you can always go to the C report at protonmail.com. Um, you can always get hold of me through Discord. So I would say probably Discord or the C report uh, at protonmail.com would be the best way to get in touch. Um, but like I said, Discord, I'm not always on Discord. Now, for those of you who have a Discord, you probably know that those notifications go off no matter what, 24-7. It took me a minute to finally figure out how to turn them off. And I had to because like I'd be doing the shows and people would be like, hey, Mr. C, that's your Discord. Hey, Mr. C, I can hear Discord going off. And I was like, ah, okay, yeah, <laughs> like, yes, it's the Discord. I didn't think anyone minded. I was like, kind of just like, yeah, it's whatever. It's just like a little sound effect. But uh, so, yeah, I mean, and then that's the other thing about Discord. Um, 
I guess I guess you have to set your uh, status, like if you're online or if you're idle or whatever. And it's like I, I guess it's not like one of those apps that is intuitive and it knows that if you turn off the app that you're not online. So if I leave the online status on, I think it just looks like I'm online 24 hours a day and I'm not like um, I'll check my discord every now and then. I'm very behind on my discord. I was supposed to be dropping articles uh, from my reports in there. Uh, I think I stopped around uh, episode 91 and here we are in episode 104 and I feel terrible about it and I still have to update my rumble as well. So anyway, yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on here that I still got to take care of. Um, But yeah, but why not just pop that in there? Yeah, you can go ahead and visit my rumble. Now, thanks for those of you who have started to subscribe and or follow, however you prefer to put that. Um, I promise you guys, the episodes are coming. The episodes are coming. There's a lot. Now, what I'm going to do um, now, prior to the C report, now we started the C report on February 1st, 2021. Um, I was doing a show called Queer Voice. And now that was uh, that was uh, news and current events from the perspective of a conservative gay Latino. Uh, that one lasted all but like, I don't know, maybe 12 episodes um, and maybe a little bit more after that. So I'm actually going to drop all of those in there too. So before I start dropping all the C-Report episodes, I'm going to drop those in there just in case you want to get a taste of what I was doing prior to being on the C-Report. Now these are going back to like, this is this is right when Epstein uh, uh, was killed, right? Right when he was murdered. So we're talking like I'm doing my uh, my podcast and then one day I wake up and Epstein's been murdered and he was killed. And I have to get on the air and be like, Epstein's dead now. Like we were just talking about Epstein and covering Epstein and now he's dead. <laughs> so that's when that happened. So it's like, what, maybe 19, 2019 or so. So I'll drop those in there. There's going to be probably about 12 to 15 episodes of that. It's also I also have an episode there that's like uh, my Trump origin episode where I started to uh where I started to and what I, what caused me to um, to endorse or follow or vote for Trump. Uh, so all of that will be included in there. Those I will, I promise you guys, let me tell you right now, this is the 21st. I promise you I will have the majority of those uploaded by the end of the week. You guys can hold me to it. And if I don't get at least half of them uploaded, uh, then just ask me to do something and I'll do it for you for failing. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, I'm putting myself on the line here. I'm putting myself on the line here. So, cause I just need, I need to get it done. I need to get this stuff uploaded for you guys. So you guys can, can check it out if you want to. And if, if not, I mean, that's cool, but it will be there. Uh, for your reference at a future point. Okay, let's see what else. Okay, so we had this discussion about tossing cookies. Just be, yes, ma'am. <laughs> I know it's a little crass. I am aware that tossing one's cookies means to um, uh, to have those cookies repeat on yourself. Uh, but I thought it was a kind of funny play on words because everyone was tossing their cookies. Uh, it was a fun time. It was a fun time. That's probably maybe one of my my highlights for the C report. That was that was just. That was fun. That was, that was, I that's amazing. It was a fun time. Uh, let's see. D Patriot 1776 was in the house. We also had, oh, looking up says, no, there is a, a health freedom event. General Flynn was there. Yes. So um, from what I understand, this was what last Friday, 
they were having another Patriot event in Florida. Now, this wasn't a forgotten country rally. It was just what um, Looking Up said there. It was a health freedom event. So you remember they had one in Tulsa not long ago. Um, I, I can't remember the exact words or the exact name of the event, but that it was a health freedom event. Um, General Flynn was there. Sidney Powell was there. Mike Lindell was there. You guys remember they streamed it on the Foxhole apps on some of the content creators channels. Uh, and you can go check it out and stuff like that. So that happened um, on Friday. I haven't seen it, uh, but I know it was a pretty big, I, well, I saw a little bit of the live casting of it on another station, uh, but uh, I didn't see the entire event. So that was something that was going on. And it seems like there's going to be a lot of these things coming up. I am really eyeballing Nevada right now because I missed the Texas event. It stands to reason that I would go to the Texas event because I am in Texas, but circumstances were out of my hands in that regard. And it was just kind of, it just, things need to be the way they were for a reason there. But um, I'm kind of really looking at Nevada. I'll be paying close attention to that. As soon as I'm able to, I will apply for my press credentials for the Nevada event. And hopefully they won't bar me because I didn't show up to the Texas event because they actually did authorize me for press credentials there in the, in Texas. So hopefully they won't be like, well, you were a no show. So you're out. Um, I hope, I, I hope and I pray that if they do allow me to do that, then I should be able to get to Nevada. Uh, plus it'd be nice to visit Vegas again, do some sea reports from Vegas. Maybe I can do some on man on the streets stuff from Vegas. What do you guys think? Would you like to see a Mr. C on the streets report? Because you guys haven't seen that yet. And I do that every now and then, but I haven't since January. January was the last time I did an on the streets, uh, Mr. C on the streets kind of thing. It was fun, but cold as heck. And yeah. Yeah, uh, you guys know. You guys know. Okay, let's see here. We also had Tam Growl in the house. Uh, just V. Our breakfast burritos have eggs, potato, onions, and bacon usually, but that's just us. You know that sounds delicious. I would still probably call it a breakfast taco unless it's wrapped and rolled and you know substantially bigger than a taco. Just V. But uh, that sounds like my kind of breakfast taco. Uh, Patriot of Five was in the house. Always in Texas, Mr. C. I think you skipped over flautas. You're right. You're right, always in Texas. I did skip over flautas. Flautas are taquitos deep fried <laughs> and crispy. Uh, let's see here. Faith of Q. Oh, wow. I found you live. Faith of Q. I haven't checked today's chat yet, but hopefully you're in the chat tonight. Just so you know, we are settling on a 7.30 p.m. Uh, Texas time, 8.30 p.m. Trump time for any of those of you who are wanting to set your calendars or set, I don't, I don't think you guys really do that, but, um, but yeah, so the C report will be at 7.30 p.m. every weeknight, Monday through Friday. Um, we're pretty, we're pretty final on that. And we'll be doing Lone Star News at 3 p.m. on Sundays. That's 3 p.m. Central time, Texas time. So you can check that out. Um, I do know Texans should be back with us on Sunday, God willing. And then we'll we'll be getting into some stuff on tech. Now, Lone Star News was fun. I had a pretty good time doing Lone Star News uh, with the Texan this past weekend on Father's Day. That was cool because it was on Father's Day, too. Uh, but we'll be talking mostly Texas current events and politics uh, because, again, uh, we got to we need to start with our own backyards. Um, and so uh, just the fact that there's so much that goes on in Texas. And then, of course, we have someone like Greg Abbott to contend with now as as his uh, shadow is coming out of the dark, so to speak, like we're kind of seeing uh, the kind of a uh, leader he really is. 
we need to definitely get ourselves more involved in that way. So that's how that's going to be part of my contribution to that. Um, and, and also anyone else who has word on their own locality, we would love to spotlight the local. Um, and, and we like to do that here at the Sea Report more than the national, because everyone else is going to cover the federal stories. Everyone's going to cover the national stories. You can get that anywhere, but we would love to focus on the local and then also digging into some of these really, um, you know, intricate stories like this whole election news, like the stuff that we're going to talk about with you guys today. It's very, very much so an intricate part of this whole scheme. And it's just really shining the light on some of these characters. That's the ticket there uh, because we need those details. We need those details so we know how to act and in what direction to go um, or, or to know how much force to put uh, behind um, the movements that we're making. All right, let's see what else we got here. Looking up says, Mr. C, do you think Abbott is stepping up because of election? Yes, ma'am, I certainly do. That's why you're seeing more, uh, well, you're seeing all... All, it's very orchestrated from what I understand, like the way the Texas legislature works. It's very orchestrated. It's very disgusting. Nothing is organic. Nothing happens organically there. They have pre-planned for the most part everything, every move they make from from passing a bill in the House to killing it in the Senate or to, you know, ending ending the legislative uh, um, uh, he, uh, era so this way they can uh, kill a bill or something like that. Like everything is very orchestrated. It's very disgusting. It's not cool because basically uh, Texas theater is, you know, right on par with Broadway. It's, it's pretty good. You know, like it's fooled a lot of us Texans for a long time. And now we have to wake up and do something about it. When we think about Texas, because I know I take a lot of pride in my state, you know, uh, but when I think about uh, where we are and what we're doing and what we stand for, to know that the whole backbone and foundation of that is a farce, uh, it does not do me good. It makes me feel very dirty inside and it makes me feel like I've been played. Um, um, and, and, and him stepping up the way he is now, uh, Greg Abbott, I mean, it makes me feel even more betrayed because here we are thinking that he's been doing this uh, for the good of the state and it comes off good on paper, you know, but to know that that it's all on a title. It's like, okay, well, the closer we move to 2022, we're going to do this, this, and that. So what else, what's next, right? Like, like we discussed on Lone Star News on Sunday, uh, you know, he had his uh, minions in the House and the Senate kill um, a bill on, on protecting children from chemical castration, from uh, child abuse and transgenderism, uh, pharmaceutical companies, um, and they were accepting money from these same companies. So what's going to happen when we get closer to 2022? Is he going to turn on these people he's taking money from? Uh, that's what I would like to know. Like, what else could he do? It's going to take the grassroots. That's going to be, that's the people who don't have money from the corporations. That's going to be the money who don't have money from the PACs. That's going to be the people like me and you. It's going to take us standing up and doing something, uh, saying something. So hopefully Lone Star News will be a good contribution towards that. There are already a lot of people out there who are talking about this stuff. 
but it doesn't hurt to be part of that voice and then, you know, hopefully inspire myself and others to do something about it. Um, we don't want to just, you know, we don't want to just be sitting around at the old uh, <laughs> lunch table, but we actually want to, you know, be serving them. You know what I mean? Okay, let's see here. Looking Up says, uh, we could watch a movie or something. I'm not sure what that's in reference to, but anytime you guys want to have a watch party, just let me know and we can do it. Uh, just fed up, gifted a cookie. Thank you so much. Um, Pilled by the rabbit was in the house. The joyful Lily. Always great to have someone. We have joy for Trump and the joyful Lily. Everyone's pretty joyous here at the Sea Report. Deep Patriot gifting a cookie. <laughs> Pilled by the rabbit. Is that cookie free? I laugh when you say toss the cookies. <laughs> And then we got just V with the cookie, uh, ensuring that I know about tossing my cookies. <laughs> oh my goodness. Tam Burrell, I love authentic tostadas, the joyful Lily tostadas, tacos, tamales, tortas, oh my. We have a large, mostly Hispanic migrant population here in Eastern uh, Washington. We have too many amazing places to choose from. I'm always in a I'm always in the in the mood to find a really good Mexican, Tex-Mex, Hispanic uh, type of establishment to eat. They're few and hard to find the further you move out of Texas. <laughs> Just <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, it's like it's like getting barbecue in New York. Like I've had barbecue in New York. It's not good. <laughs> so I don't know. It, it seems to me like the further you get out of the south, uh, south central southwest of texas it might be a little bit harder to find really good uh mexican tex-mex hispanic latin food but that doesn't mean it's not out there i would definitely take up any recommendations that you have joyful lily i would definitely go try it out maybe we'll do something like that oh anyways okay you know i always thought because i love barbecue did i mention i love barbecue i would love to do like a uh Texas tour of the best barbecue joints because you know um okay like I, okay if you're from Texas in the central area I'm sure you've heard about Bill Miller barbecue now Bill Miller barbecue actually made the national stage when the Castro twin twerp you know panty boy treasonous bastards uh Joaquin and Julio decided to out all the Trump supporters in San Antonio and uh Bill Miller barbecue was one of the main Trump supporters on there. So the, their goal was to get people to uh, like basically boycott them, which it backfired on them actually. But um, Bill Miller barbecue, as far as the barbecue goes, it ain't that good. Okay, I always say you go to Bill Miller barbecue for the chicken strips and the fried chicken or the salad and the chicken, not for the barbecue per se. And they were never successful in central Texas, like in Austin, Lock Hill, etc., because there's so much good authentic real pit barbecue out there so and then of course i've talked with other people who talk about uh barbecue around texas and you know i just i would love to go on a texas tour and do like a review of barbecue places around texas i think that would be so good uh i would just i know i know my stomach and my uh, taste buds would enjoy that and how are we talking about food again <laughs> I just ate dinner. Okay, so, all right, let's keep on moving on with this. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, we have, uh, so after, oh, okay, so just be, so after I vet this guy uh, that's running against my Goonie, which would be Newsom, 
Oh no, your Goonie rep. Sorry, I thought you're talking about. I thought you're about talking about the governor, but you mean your representative? Would you interview him? Yes. Uh, you know, get me a name. Also, just be because I will definitely. Uh, I'll, I'll help you on the vetting. Like I'll do a little bit of digging, and you know, you figure out what you got to do, and uh, get me in contact with him because you know there are a bunch of listeners out there in California as well as on the West Coast. Um, it's it's all about finding those America first constitutional minded MAGA Patriot candidates. Uh, that's what we really got to look for. Even if there's a shill or two in there, you, we still got to vet them to the best of our ability. Um, but yeah, you know, so just, uh, just let me know just the, what you got going on in California. I would encourage any of you guys, even if it's on a city council, local level, they might be like, why is someone in Texas interviewing someone from another city that's running for their city council or their town hall council or whatever you want to call it? Uh, you know what? That's because there are listeners out there um, and they may not get the same attention that they would from a national type of uh, outfit and you know we're being on the internet it's easy to say you're international but we definitely have a big base here in the united states it goes all over or the sea report goes all over the united states um, um and so it's it stands to reason especially if they have a good message it stands to reason you know bigger bigger patriot independent um outfits may not pay attention to them and that's not saying anything against the big ones you know whether that's breitbart or the epoch times or the gateway pundit or just the news or anything like that you know that's not saying anything against them obviously these guys are all helping us and we're all contenders uh fighting for freedom and fighting for america but, um, you know, we would still like to give them some attention and get their voice out there. And then, you know, if they like it enough, then they can clip it and they can use that for themselves for their own promotion. Because, I mean, obviously I can't I can't be like here, you know, but like they could do whatever they want with it um, and they could take it from there. Uh, and hopefully that would help them in, in you know, in their own personal uh, candidacy and campaign. Uh, the Joyful Lily, uh, about the media, read the president and coronavirus, they seriously need a new playbook. I would say so for sure. You guys heard it here first on the Sea Report. I can actually say this, even though Hannity played it and Hannity interviewed him, but you heard it here first that Trump was actually saying that vaccines may not be the route to go. Finally, patriots, what you guys were wanting to hear, uh, Trump is finally saying no to vaccines. Um, and I pointed it out to you guys. I'm just going to put that as like a little like, you know, pen in my ear, you know, <laughs> like, uh, anyways. Okay. So also we had uh, Just Be Gifting Shades. Thank you so much. <laughs> A joyful Lily. Oh, wait, we said that one. Uh, that's why the actors are so against DJT. McCarthy had many of their parents arrested or blacklisted. That was just V. Now, uh, I think we're talking about McCarthyism here. I would say that's for sure. Now, that reminds me about how I was telling you guys about this um, audio recording that I had found. That I have. Uh, I got to play this for you guys. Like, I'm sure you guys would appreciate it. Uh, if you haven't heard it before, it's, it's a lot. Like, it just... It goes into, and they called it the Illuminati. Yes. And we all know that the Illuminati has become a conspiracy theory, tinfoil hat type of thing. But this is what this guy was saying in the 60s, you know, and and they were talking a lot about McCarthy. They were talking a lot about the Reds. They were talking a lot about communism. And, you know, it's just so funny because I remember growing up and thinking about a word like a communist. And it was so archaic. 
like growing up, I mean, and it was like a word that was almost, it felt weird coming out of your mouth. Like you don't say things like communist, like you commie, you communist, like you're all communists. They believe in communism, but dang, it's exactly what it is. Like, and, and it's, and now it's not hard to say because you, it's easy to identify, but you know, the media and the left and Hollywood and all of them made it so sexy and romantic. I mean, for crying out loud, they had Garcia Gael Bernal playing Che Guevara, you know, in, in Los Diarios de Motocicletas, the, the, the Motorcycle Diaries. Now, you know, uh, Gael Garcia Bernal is not a bad looking man, you know, and so <laughs> it just made communism so sexy. And then you realize just how bad these people were. You know, uh, you ask who Chi is, that's Che. And uh, he was definitely one of the most romanticized communists of all time. I mean, way more romanticized than Mao, you know, way more romanticized than anything that came out of Russia, you know, uh, even though, even though some of the artists and the beatniks and, you know, those types of people, and trust me, guys, I ran in these circles, like they're all about Trotsky. You know, I remember being, okay, so I think I shared with you guys one time, I was on a book tour I was on a book tour and because um, I published books also. And I think this was in El, it was either in El Paso or in Phoenix that I was doing a reading and it was at a gathering afterwards. And they started talking about Trotsky and, and, you know, and I was reading poetry at the time that was uh, I was reading some poems that were kind of about being awake in regards to um, um, social dystopia and, and my version of Patriot poetry back then. Cause back at that time I was railing against Bush cause he was the one who was in office. You know, I was, I was talking about Bush. I was talking about how, uh, there's this whole like a uh, breakdown of, of society and stuff. It was that kind of stuff, you know? And so interesting enough, because at the time, you know, I was railing against Bush. So I'm, I'm doing, uh, I'm doing a reading to a room full of anarchists, right? And uh, an after gathering, you know, since I was engaged in this conversation, they were starting to test me on my knowledge of like some of these freedom fighters, you know, and so they had Trotsky up on the pedestal. And I was like, Oh, yeah, I was like, there's Trotsky I was like, he was in Mexico, I think he he got uh, he got killed by a hammer or something like that. How fitting, right? Anyway, so they're like, Oh, okay, so this guy knows who we're talking about. Oh, he's, he's legit. He's legit. He can say these things because he knows that Trotsky was in Mexico running around with Frida Kahlo and, and her fat husband and doing art and stuff like that, hiding from the Russians. Yes, we all know that story. Like, it's not like anything new, you stupid communists. Anyways, okay. Anyways, okay, so let's go ahead and keep on going. at the speak and easy in the house. Uh, okay, joy for Trump. <laughs> okay, so... Um, I apologize, guys, for playing that Brian Stelter clip on the last episode. I had some feedback that was like, oh, that was so annoying. And I was like, that wasn't his real voice. And they're like, huh? <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, no, but this is about the Brian Stelter in his boxer shorts. Okay, Joy for Trump, no. I do not come on my show in boxer shorts. Um. Hold on. I'm not. Yeah, no. <laughs> Let's just say I'm comfortable. Okay. I'm comfortable and I, it's casual, <laughs> but I am not in my boxer shorts. Oh my goodness. Like, <laughs> 
Okay. All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen. I just, I'm comfortable. I, I could not sit up here in this. It gets pretty hot in here. I couldn't sit up here in slacks. Plus, you know, my belly's getting pretty round right now, uh, regardless of what you guys can see. So no, <laughs> I'm not, I promise you guys, I, I, you know, God can see everything. <laughs> so I'm not in my boxer shorts. Okay, let's see what else we got. Yes, that is TMI. Exactly. Thank you, Sherry Pittsburgh. <laughs> Inquiring minds want to know. Hush you. Hush. Okay. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. Uh, let's see. What else do we got in here? This is where uh, the chat's going to get a little bit uh, tangly. Uh, let's see here. I didn't get to run, get to run through all of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tam Grell, I so enjoy watching their playbook sizzle to an ash pile. That's a good point. Like everything is falling apart from them. Uh, you know, we didn't need the statement to know, but Trump did have that statement where he was like, there's there's the church that they didn't clear out for me. There's there's uh, COVID-19 and coming from Wuhan. There's uh, hydroxychloroquine. There's the election fraud. Like, yeah, every piece of their playbook is definitely falling apart. <clears throat> Yeah, panty boy. Yep, that's exactly what he is. Uh, let's see here. Uh, dance, dance without your pants. <laughs> Y'all still talking about pants. The Trilateral Commission of Fulton County, LOL, or the Three Amigos. <laughs> I'm like, who are we talking about there? We're talking about Fulton County. Just V with the cookie. Thank you very much. Remember, remember the 5th of November, says Tanya Keel. <laughs> Happy faces. Yep, that's right. Uh, treasonous. Yes, exactly. I remember the 5th of November, a gathering so rare, fox masks everywhere. Boom! V. Yep, you got it, guys. Uh, speaking easy, gifting a can. Thank you very much, my friend. Oh, excuse me. F. Zuck. Okay, well, the way that speaking easy put it so eloquently, it rhymed a lot better. He's another puto. I would agree with that. Definitely no, sir. Day tripper in the house. Well, holy shnikes. Listen to the clarity now. Crystal five by five. Oh, well, I'm glad to hear that. And uh, welcome, welcome, day tripper. It's always good to have you in the house. Let's see. Uh, Zuckerbuck, Zuckerbuck, Zuckerbucks. We got that going on. We are all anons. Yes, proud. Yes, found. I'm a lizard alien. Oh, are, oh, a lazard alien? A tiny kill is a lizard alien. Well, welcome, Tanya. Please take the news of, and good tidings back to your planet for us. <laughs> loyal to the fold, I think, is what the group is called. Is that what that means? Are you talking about loyal to the foil? But just so you guys know, I actually will be joining Loyal um, on her show next week. So I'm looking forward to that. And I'll give you more details as they become available. Yes, loyal to the foil rocks. Get it right. He he he. That's from Day Tripper. Okay, so we are talking. We're on the same page, guys. Yeah, I will be. I will be joining Loyal on her show. It's gonna be fun. Um, I'm. I think it's gonna be pretty fun. I can't wait. It's gonna be fun. I'll give you more details soon. Uh, let's see here. Tonic wants to get beaten by a wet noodle. <laughs> Sorry, Tanya. Okay, fifteen thousand ballots an hour. We must be talking about uh, Arizona here. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Even a rabbit has a reptilian mind. I get lost in time babysitting a lizard named Eddie, bearded dragon. Ooh, that sounds cool, killed by the rabbit. Yes, we all do have reptilian minds, that is for sure. Well, we have a portion of our brain that is reptilian. Our minds themselves are not reptilian, although I do believe some of us are blue-blooded, not myself, 
personally. Uh, oh, is it cold-blooded? There we go, not blue-blooded. Every one of these traders need to be brought up on charges. I would definitely agree with that. Tanya Keel. Um, let's see. Did these people never watch Mission Impossible or any movie where they swap out the tape? <laughs> Pilled by the rabbit. Oh, my goodness. Sounds like a bunch of fun. Let me see what else we got going on in the chat. Babs the Ice Queen was in the chat. Howdy, Babs. Uh, Lewinsky. Are we talking about Monica or the other one? They're just kidding. The speaking easy looks like a liberal face to me. Um, let's see here. Joy for Trump. Babs the Ice Queen. We've got some good banter going on back and forth here. She has to say no. Okay. Let me... Took too many Adderall. <laughs> Don't get sick, Babs. Okay. Uh, always with the meat and potatoes. Always, always, always. He needs hair plugs. Dorky ball. Who are you talking about there? <laughs> Or sutures, okay. <laughs> so, all right, I think we're about to wrap up with last week's chat recap. Uh, God, you guys are amazing. Uh, keep eyes on the prize, absolutely. Faith of Q, you're most welcome. And I just want to make sure I'm not missing any gold pills from last week. I think that was a wrap on that. Thank you all again for donating the gold pills. I saw one of you guys say that you'll have to have a gold pill budget. Totally understand that. So uh, uh, honestly, some of the gold pills I receive here, I do give back to the rest. I do pay it forward in the Foxhole chat with other family members, uh, other content creators where I can, but uh, everything is most definitely appreciated. Any donations that come this way, always most definitely appreciated. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to wrap up last week's chat recap. Kind of uh, what were y'all talking about last week, Mr. C? That's what it was all about. Let's see now. I'm going to catch up real quick with what's going on in today's chat, and then we'll get into the report. We got a lot of you guys hanging out all Already. Thanks for joining us. It's good to have you along. Monkey Toes, Miss Tinette Booth, always great to have you along, Miss Tinette Booth. The Texan, howdy, howdy, sir. We got, uh, let's see what we got in here. Just V's in the house, Angel Wings, uh, Dorian Merck, Bruce Banner. Hey, dude, what's up? Good to see you. Chatter Nuts is in the house, Dolphin72, Pilled by the Rabbit, Tanya Keel. Who's this? Disco Daphne. I like your name, Disco Daphne. Let's go dancing sometime. Uh, Joy, who's this? Who's that? Who's that? Who's that? Uh, looking ups in the house babs the ice queens in the house let's see mitra date what's going on buddy good to have you along and uh let's see oh, there's uh, so many of you guys already coming in and showing your love great to have you with us great to have you with us now the show must go on so let's go ahead and get with it we'll start off with of course uh president trump statements because president trump leads at the c report we do have a few statements coming in from him today some from the weekend some from today let's see where we're going to start okay so uh here we have a statement where he's talking about president biden did I say President Biden? Because I definitely meant illegitimate Joe. Okay, so it says here, when Biden tries to claim credit for vaccine distribution, a distribution system that was set up by the Trump administration, he should remember that if I didn't purchase very early on, Billions of dollars worth of the vaccine, bottles, needles, and everything else that goes with it. He and his administration would not have been given back giving vaccinations until October or November of this year. So let them go on and on with their fake campaign and fake election results and fake media. But without the Trump administration's Operation Warp Speed, millions of people would have been would be dying all over the world that will now be saved. Okay, and you know. 
He's got to take his credit where credit is due, right? Because otherwise these guys are going to claim it, even though now he's saying that vaccines should not be administered to the young, at least. Uh, he is taking a stance on that. But at the same time, I, I get it. that I get that political uh, baseball there. You know, it's kind of tossing that ball around because um, that's going to be to his credit because at least he did something about it and he made it happen. Whereas, you know, these plagiarists over here in the deep state and the globalists would have just uh, either let people die up until five years with nothing coming out, um, or they'll just take credit for something that he did. Of course, that's what we see. Next up, we have an endorsement of Vito Fossella. Now it says here, it is my great honor to endorse Vito Fossella for Staten Island Borough President. He is strong, tough, loves our country, and truly loves the great people of Staten Island. A powerful voice against crime and all other things going wrong in the city that we love. Vito Fasella will not let you down. Vote for him now in the Republican primary, which has already begun. All right, so if you're over there in the Staten Island hanging out with my girls, then most definitely check out Vito uh, and see what's going on with Mr. Vito. All right. Another statement from President Trump. Who knew President Trump is going to be on a tour with Bill O'Reilly? That should be interesting, right, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> okay. So uh, apparently he's doing a tour. Um, this is this is uh, the history tour. Uh, it's a, he says, my tour with Bill O'Reilly is getting a lot of attention and I'm looking forward to it. Maybe tickets would make a great Father's Day gift. Hint, hint. In any event, I'll see you then and much sooner. So tour dates for this, the history event or the history tour, uh, Sunrise, Florida, Saturday, December 11th, 2021, Orlando, Florida, Sunday, December 12th, 2021, Houston, Texas, Sunday, December, oh wait, um, Saturday, December 18th, 2021, and Dallas, Texas, Sunday, December 19th, 2021. <clears throat> so it looks like, Tickets are on sale for a lot of these events already. Um, I would go to, I think you can check this out at um, donaldjtrump.com. Oh, excuse me. Felt like a coughing fit was coming on. Donaldjtrump.com or I guess check out Ticketmaster. That should be interesting. I wonder what that's going to be all about. Uh, I don't know that I will be going myself, but that is December. I wouldn't be surprised if this baby sells out fast because things tend to sell out pretty quickly where President Trump is involved. On Sunday, we had a statement. Happy Father's Day to all, including the radical left, rhinos, and other losers of the world. Hopefully, eventually, everyone will come together. Now, I found a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of pushback on that statement online. Whenever I was doing some research, uh, a lot of people were like, uh, Donald Trump releases a bizarre 22 letter statement about Father's Day. Like, <laughs> how is this bizarre? I guess it's because he's actually uh, wishing um, goodwill towards his enemies. Is that why it's bizarre? Are they like, what does it mean when our enemy says something nice to us? Like, can't we all be human? You know, like you said, everyone come together. I don't see anything wrong with that. I don't see why you can't wish something nice for your enemy. I mean, that's just me. 
And I guess it also depends on the kind of degree to which this individual or whatever it is that uh, opposes you, to be honest. But I mean, it's also a good jab. I mean, he's calling them the left, the rhinos and the losers. He's, he said they're losers. <laughs> he said other losers and telling that the radical left and the rhinos are losers. So now uh, the, the radical left, the rhinos and the other losers of the world, which I would also take as the media, are kind of like, is he calling us losers? And how is it bizarre? I mean, it's pretty straightforward what he said saying there. Um, maybe he's taking a jab at them because they also don't believe in the word father or mother for that matter. Uh, but yeah, they're pro maybe that's what the, I didn't read. Okay. I only read the headlines on these because they're, they're left leaning publications, but maybe that's what it was. Maybe they're like, he said, father, what is a father? What does that mean? He's saying dad anyways. Yeah. I think it could be that, but I could be wrong. I could be wrong. You know, I could be wrong. I, I sometimes I'm wrong. Ah, who's this guy? Okay, we're going to get right into our news now, guys, right into the report. This is a gentleman by the name of Dave Argel. And he's actually one of the senators who went down to visit the Arizona election audit. He was actually featured in one of Trump's statements uh, where he was like, I don't know what Senator Dave Argel's doing, not doing anything about the election audits in Pennsylvania. He went down to Arizona. He should know better. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> we're getting into the election audits now, ladies and gentlemen, just in case you didn't realize. Um, so uh, this dude, 20th uh, state, uh, he went down. Okay, now. We have some Arizona news to report now at the start of today's program, today's show. We actually had. <laughs> Sorry, guys, quick distraction. I got a lovely little coconut over in Twitch who uh, says, imagine talking to yourself. Well, Mr. I'm Jake X. Uh, you might be by yourself in Twitch, but I got about two to 300 people behind me on some other platforms. So I hope you're having a fun time talking to yourself over there on Twitch. By the way, F655, how you doing? Glad you're joining us over on Twitch as well. Okay, now let's get back to this. Sorry, that just made me laugh because yeah, they're like, oh, well, yeah, you're talking to yourself basically. I'm not even paying attention to you. All right, okay. <laughs> so, all right, now let's get back to this. We had some election audit news for Arizona coming up. However, a lot of stuff started breaking right before I was getting on the air today. So we'll be covering some of this stuff tomorrow. If you listen to the news during the day, you'll probably hear it, but you're not going to get the kind of breakdown that I give you here at the C Report. So make sure you come back in and watch that. But uh, one thing real quick that did come out of uh, the Arizona news is finally it's come out that at least 20 states have been down to the state of Arizona, including this guy, Argyle State, Pennsylvania. So we have 20, almost half of the United States of America. These United States have been over to Arizona. Last I heard it was 13. Now we got 20. So there's a lot of stuff going on there. Obviously, everyone is interested in seeing what is going on before they close up shop in Arizona. More news on that a little bit later, if not tomorrow for sure. Now, let's get let's get about talking about this guy here. So uh, again, he was over in Arizona, Senator Dave Argel. Trump kind of lambasted him because uh, I guess he wasn't saying too much. But apparently now he is. Now he has said, and I quote, I support the call for an election audit in order to answer any lingering questions that still remain about the fairness of the 2020 elections in Pennsylvania. This is the best path forward to address the legitimate concerns of 
that the large majority of my constituents who voted to re-elect President Trump, as well as all Pennsylvanians, this is just one of many election reform efforts I would like to see approved here in the next few weeks. Uh-oh, guys, I've been putting my money on Georgia. Looks like Pennsylvania might be jumping into this sooner than I thought. Now it says Senator St- uh, State Senator Doug Mastriano, who's the senator who's leading the charge for this election integrity in Pennsylvania, says he was part of this Pennsylvania delegate that came to Arizona. Now Senator Argyle, who heads the committee that oversees elections in Pennsylvania, has told Capital Star News that he is indeed favored in favor of an Arizona-style audit as it is the gold standard for audits in these United States of America. So that's good. This guy, this guy, he's in charge of election committees. So if he's on board with it, which is why President Trump called him out, no doubt, um, then most definitely that is something that we can look forward to happening in uh, the state of, of Pennsylvania. Now, the Washington Examiner reported Pennsylvania appears to be on the precipice of initiating an Arizona-style audit for the 2020 election. State Senator David Argel, who heads a committee that oversees elections, told local news outlets he favors a forensic audit on the contest that state and federal officials insist was secure. The Republican, under pressure by former Donald, uh, well, by by 45th President Donald J. Trump to take action, told the Capitol Star News that he that it is now very real possible or a very real possibility. The report said he is considering subpoenas for ballot information and which jurisdiction to send them. So that's cool. So he's going to subpoena them, kind of like they were doing down in Georgia, just to get a better visual. More on that in just a minute, because some stuff is developing. Uh, now it says, uh, he also said, there are a lot of things under consideration right now, and I told them to check back in a week or two, and we hope to have some more details. So far, three Pennsylvania lawmakers, including Trump ally State Senator Doug Mastriano, who is a a representative of Franklin area, visited the audit site in Phoenix this month to garner support for a similar audit in the state of Pennsylvania. So who knows? Maybe Pennsylvania will come into play a lot quicker than I thought it would. Maybe the Keystone State will be in play before the big old peach state. <laughs> okay, so uh, we have a, uh, was this an interview here? Now this is going to be, okay, so now we're going to jump over to, we're going to be a little bit all over the place today, guys. Now we're going to be jumping over to Pennsylvania, uh, Pennsylvania. We just talked about Pennsylvania, yeah. We're going to be jumping over to Arizona. Now this is, uh, this is actually, I would say it's not outdated, but this was on the 17th that, uh, uh, um, who's this here? John Friedrichs did an interview with, uh, Ken Bennett, the former SOS and liaison of the, um, um, Arizona audit there in Maricopa County interview with him. So let's go ahead and check out what they had to say real quick. Pretty interesting, uh, pretty interesting information that comes out in this audit in regards to some of the irregularities that they were finding over in Arizona during this audit. If you haven't heard it yet, you're about to hear it now. Do enjoy, ladies and gentlemen. Ken Bennett, I want to thank you for being with us. I know you're very busy. I really appreciate the transparency and taking the time out to be with us. Thank you so much. Uh, you're about to finish up with the hand counts now 
of the final ballots. Give us an update, Ken. Where are we? Well, there's 2,089,563 ballots that Maricopa County reported were processed in the election. And we are down to literally the last probably few thousand. Uh, we're into the duplicated ballots. So if a ballot was damaged or was emailed in from an um, overseas military voter or uh, the Braille ballots, large print ballots, anything that had to be sent to a duplication board, uh, we have now both of those ballots. And we have to verify that for every one of these, there was one of those and that the votes recorded on the new one created by the duplication board correctly reflect the voters intent from their original ballot. So we're literally down to the last few thousand ballots. Um, and then we're well over halfway in the paper evaluation of the almost 2.1 million ballots. So we will be done with both of these parts of the audit by the end of June, which is when we have this Coliseum facility until, but there are other aspects of the, of the audit. We want to check the signature envelopes through which uh, 1.9 million approximately of the ballots were, were mailed in by voters. Uh, state law requires that on that envelope, there is a signature affidavit box where they have to sign saying that this is my envelope, this is my ballot inside. So um, we're still awaiting Maricopa County giving us the second passwords to the 385 tabulator machines, which uh, we can't get past a partition uh, that they say we don't need to look behind there. There's nothing to see. But uh, we, we're not going to buy that. And we also are still awaiting their uh, giving us the router logs and things like that to make sure that nothing at the election center was hooked up to the election uh, tabulators and machines and things like that. So uh, the ballot uh, count, though, is nearing completion. So, Ken, let me ask you this. Let's start with the routers that I'm going to get to the envelopes. Why can't you get access to the routers? That seems like a pretty simple thing to do. I mean, you're, we're two months into this thing. You've got two more weeks there at the arena in uh, Phoenix. Uh, if they were not hooked up to the Internet and there was no problem, why won't they give you access to the routers? What, 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 is, the, what is the whole – like, what is the reason they're giving you that you can't get access to that? The reason they're giving us, if you can believe this, John, is that if our – IT professionals who deal with top-level, top-secret information at the federal government level were to come in and have access to the routers that they would discover sheriff, deputy, social security numbers on the routers and Maricopa citizen health records on the routers, which is just ludicrous. Um, there, there's no way that that information uh, would be on the routers. The router's like a mail delivery service, as our IT professional explained to the Senate just several weeks ago. Yes, there are envelopes of information that cross uh, from a sender to a receiver, but the router doesn't open those envelopes and see that information. But they are alleging that somehow sheriff, deputy, uh, security, social security numbers, and Maricopa County health records would somehow be compromised. Bizarre. you got to be kidding me. No, they're using health it's, records as a reason not to give you access to the routers. Like, and they, what, what yes, does, it have, they, they what does one have to do with the other? I don't think it has anything to do with the other, but that's the reason they're giving. They told us two months ago that they had replaced the routers, all of the uh, Internet connectivity equipment uh, at great expense to the county, they told me personally, and that uh, all of that equipment would be on a pallet delivered when we got the rest of the equipment. 
When that did not happen, they told us that they would give us virtual access to that information. Now, remember, the Senate wanted to cooperate with the county and do the audit at their election center. And none of this would have been even a question. But they are the ones, the county said they would not cooperate. At first, they told us they would provide the routers and all the equipment, then virtual access. And then they have denied uh, that, saying that uh, we would somehow compromise sheriff, deputy, uh, social security members, and county health records. So, Ken, let me ask you this. Uh, not giving you access to the routers keeps not it, – it, it, you have a non-transparent process, so we don't know for sure whether or not, as these votes were being tabulated through the, through, through the machinery – whether or not they were hooked up to the internet and whether the vote tabulations could have been changed manually by someone, right? That's really what the issue is, isn't it? It is. It is. And now they say they brought in two auditors to look at the equipment, uh, and those two companies have said that there was no evidence of um, internet connectivity uh, to the election equipment. But if that's the case, then there, why prevent the auditors from having access to that same information. If that is truly what because happened, it would, there's nothing. It would just clear right. it up. I mean, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. You'd have the routers and you'd see, okay, you were connected to the internet or, or, not. or not. But it seems, it seems moot to me because you're recounting everything. In your report, you're going to have a final number, right? The Biden got right. X votes, tr Trump got Y votes. And if the yeah. machines have a different number, <laughs> and obviously, there was some sort of glitch, manipulation, etc. Okay, let's get to the envelopes of, you said, what, 1.8 million uh, mail-in or uh, hand-delivered ballots not, not showing up on game day, 1.8 million. Um, you would have to have 1.8 million envelopes. Those envelopes would have to be signed. Uh, there could be all kinds of discrepancies in signatures, but how does how do you go about verifying that? Well, they claim to have given us the electronic images captured from those. It was actually one, almost 1.9 million envelopes. They claim to have provided that data, uh, but we are very much questioning that. And so we may have to subpoena it again directly just so that we can have those images separated from any of the rest of the data that they provided. Uh, we received 118 terabytes of information uh, when they delivered the machines and our subcontractor downloaded all of that data and they did provide uh, some hard drives that had data on it. But uh, we need to look at those images and verify that uh, every one of them contains a signature of a, of a voter in Maricopa County who attested as is required by state law, that their ballot was inside that envelope. If you go to a polling location, you show proof of ID as required by state law, and you also have to sign the poll book, and that's your verification. But if you're mailing your ballot in, you do that with the signature on the envelope. And so that's why we, we need to see uh, those signatures. And so if the signatures don't match or the signatures aren't there, what happens? Well, then part of our report would say that Maricopa County uh, opened X numbers of thousands of envelopes and counted the ballots inside those envelopes that never should have been opened. Now, we cannot tie which ballot came from which envelope because 
Once that happens, the envelope goes one direction, the ballot goes another. But if hundreds or thousands or tens of thousands of those envelopes have no signature whatsoever, then that is a huge black mark on the county uh, for having opened the envelopes at all and processed those ballots. So if there's no signature at all, I mean, there's one thing about matching signatures, and everybody can dispute that. We went through this in uh, Fulton County, DeKalb County, et cetera, and covering the Georgia situation. Signatures don't match. We get it. Uh, people are sick. Their hand changes. They're in a hurry. Those are disputable. It's conjecture. I get that. But if there's no signature in the back of the envelope at all, according to Arizona law, those ballots shouldn't have been entered into the, into the system. They should have been right. provisional put on the side. Is that my understanding? Well, not uh, not actually called provisional. To have a, There is a provisional ballot process where the voter has to fill out information about their identification, their address, so that the county can verify whether they are an actual voter. But if those signatures are missing from the envelopes, they should have never been opened and had the ballots processed from within. And that is per Arizona law now, not any kind of a decree, not any kind of deal that was made like they did in Georgia with Stacey Abrams. Basically, if an envelope came in with no signature on it, according to Arizona law, on the election day where the ballots were being counted, that ballot never should have been opened and not counted correct. because it violated law. Is that my understanding? That is correct. You're exactly right. And so in your report, all this is going to be detailed out, whether there were 100 of these or 100,000 or 10,000, whatever the number is. Uh, I got about a minute, Ken Bennett. When you're there at the arena to the end of the end of the month, vision out for us in a minute uh, when you think your report will be complete and submitted to the state senate of Arizona. Well, we will complete our activities here at the Coliseum, which will take us through the end of June. There will probably be a few to several weeks of these kinds of activities related to the, the ballot envelopes. Uh, there's still checking of voter registration anomalies, 52 people voting from a two-bedroom home somewhere, or people voting twice, or dead people voting. Uh, there's going to be a few to several weeks of that type of of investigation, and then there'll probably be a few to several weeks of putting the whole report together. The report's going to be massive, and uh, we are in the process of double and triple checking every one of the tally sheets that came from the counting tables. Make sure that each one of them was scanned in, and that you can find that corresponding number in the spreadsheet that adds up whatever the numbers add up to. So maybe August. I don't know. All right, ladies and gentlemen, so you heard it there from SOS former Ken Bennett and uh, John Friedrich on uh, Outside the Beltway, a lot of anomalies and a target roundabout date for when we'll be having this report released. It's not too far, guys. August is going to get here pretty quick. Now, interesting enough, from what they discussed in this, and this was kind of a good wrap-up, because for the first time, Bennett's actually going on record talking about some of the anomalies that they found, and, you know, John Frederick was doing a pretty good job of fleshing that out. Now, you noticed they're talking about the signatures on these absentee ballots, and how according to Arizona state law, if there's no signature, they should not even be considered. Like they can't even be put towards the count. Unlike in Georgia, where Stacey Abrams had Secretary of Snake Brad Raffensperger 
put on this uh, consent decree to where they could start counting all of those ballots. And we are going to definitely get into Stacey Abrams and Raffensperger in just a minute. But I wanted to highlight this because, like I said, a lot more stuff was breaking out of Arizona before I got on the air today, a lot more before than when I was putting out uh, putting the report together. But that was very good. He was also talking about uh, 52 people voting from a single household. Hmm, that's kind of fishy. That's something they're going to have to include in the report. The, uh, the other thing there, and I know you guys all know, about this and that this happens is the dead people voting, the voter rolls voting. And who have we talked about before as being staunch champions for cleaning up the voter roll and ensuring that the states are doing what they should in regards to their elections? That would be PILF, the Public Interests uh, Legal Foundation, and also Tom Fitton over there at Judicial Watch. They're putting out um, you know, lawsuits, they're suing states, they're taking them to task, they're getting it done we're going to see, we're going to see now that little, little, little buddy Raffensperger over there in friggin' Georgia is now deciding to clean out his voter rolls. It makes you wonder why. It makes you wonder how many people who were dead voted. Oh, we have a number, ladies and gentlemen. We have a number of dead people who voted and how many that they told, because we also got a phone recording coming up, how many they told President Trump voted oh my goodness it just it gets so deep i'm telling you the minutiae the devils and the details all of these little things so we like to break it down here so with that said let's jump straight over into georgia ladies and gentlemen who do i got here that's richard baron that's not the picture that i wanted let me see is this guy no ah no no get her off the screen okay not baron not him oh i didn't pull it up okay okay i was going to show you guys a picture of judge amaro let me see if I can, just because we're going to be talking about Judge Amaro for a while. Now, do you guys remember who Judge Amaro was? Judge Amaro, he's the Henry County Superior Court judge who ruled in favor of having the ballots of, uh, released uh, for, uh, for, um, for inspection over in Fulton County. Uh, there's the man right there. Let's bring him up on the screen. All right. Judge Amaro, come on down. Do, 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 do. Okay, so there's Judge Amaro. Now, this guy, like I said, he's out of Henry County, but he is uh, he's actually um, uh, working on this Fulton County case, oddly enough. Uh, but, he, okay, so when all of these things with the ballots getting uh, supervised, uh, supervised, getting audited by voter GA and Garland Favrito over there in Georgia, he was going for it, going for it, going for it. And then the day before they were supposed to do it, he put, he pumped his brakes and said, okay, we can't do this meeting today. Now, the reason for that is because the Georgia or the Fulton County Board of Election Supervisors or however it is that they call themselves, and also the state legislatures started filing motions like crazy, like they are going in with lawfare and they're saying, no, quash this, quash that. Um, you, we can't do this. Uh, you, we have to ask these questions. And so because of them filing all of these motions and suits, Judge Amaro was able to say, OK, we're not going to do this now. We're going to have to review some stuff. OK. Now that happened. What before? That was the that was Memorial Day weekend, right? The Friday of Memorial Day weekend is when this happened. Now, since then, they have also subpoenaed two two Fulton County election workers. That is one Ruby Freeman and one Wandrea Shea. 
uh, Moss. Ah, I remember. I always want to say Sykes, <laughs> but it's Moss. Okay. They've subpoenaed them. Okay. They've also subpoenaed a dude by the name of Richard Barron. Now, Richard Barron is this guy here. That we didn't want to spend too much time on. But we'll get back to him in a minute. We're talking about Judge Mara now. Uh, and so these people have all been subpoenaed to give testimony, uh, you know, do a, a what, what is that called again? I can't, a deposition uh, on 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 whatever it is going to use. So Twitter's also been subpoenaed for crying out loud. Now, Twitter's been subpoenaed because they have information from Wandrea Shea Moss. Apparently, Wandrea Shea Moss posted some stuff on our Twitter that they need to subpoena Twitter for. Now, we also have video of Ruby Freeman that comes from Instagram. We're going to be going through all this stuff, guys. I think we might be going to a little bit of overtime tonight. I hope you don't mind. We might be running until 10 o'clock, but that's 10 p.m. Central Time. But we got some good stuff for you guys. And if we have to cut out the Project Veritas story, we will. I'm sure all of you guys saw that video um, with Ivory Hecker. But, you know, I thought it would be kind of cool to play it here on the C-Report. But let's get into this because this is fun stuff, right? Okay, so Judge Amaro put it all on hold because of all of these motions and filings that they lawyered up pretty good in Fulton County. Like they got criminal defense lawyers. They got high powered attorneys to represent them because they know something is coming down and it's coming down fast and hard. Okay. Now, in spite of all of this bottlenecked lawfare stuff, Garland Favorito over there in Georgia is still as soft-spoken as that man is. He is still highly optimistic that they will get this audit. And all they wanted to do was handle the absentee ballot so they could get a 600 DPI resolution or higher scan on them. They don't even want to do a forensic, like, let's see what this paper's made out of kind of thing. They just wanted to scan them for higher resolution so that they could then do an audit that way. But all of the uh, uh, Fulton County Board of Election supervisors, all of them, they're like, no, 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 no. We can't do this. They're saying it's like against Georgia law, etc. They're already going head to head on the lawfare with this stuff. That stuff's already in play. So today they were supposed to file, uh, the judge, was, Judge Amaro was supposed to give a ruling on this whole situation. Now, Garland's already said it's probably not going to happen until after 4th of July. This man must know something about the way the system works because the judge has ruled as of today that he's going to do um, a ruling on it at a later date because there are even more motions and filings that these uh, defendants, lawyers, being the state of Georgia, Georgia legislature, uh, Ruby Freeman, uh, uh, Wandrea Moss, all of them, their attorneys are fighting like crazy to push this back. Okay, so basically what's happened out of this is that um, uh, the, these lawyers have uh, filed last-minute uh, filings. They've submitted last minute filings that have caused Judge Amaro to go ahead. He's going to go ahead and push it back. He said, and I quote, I'll try to get an order as quickly as I can. I feel the need to ruminate a little bit to really understand a couple of the points that have been made. So these high powered criminal defense lawyers, they've sent a series of motions that are going to delay the testimony and the judge is basically acquiescing to it. Let him acquiesce. Uh, hunt, uh, uh, Garland Favorito still seeing things on the bright side, which is good. He's a he's a glasses half full kind of person, which is always a good thing to have, you know, because that means he's not going to give up. 
Now, aside from the ballots being unsealed, which is what this hearing was over, there's also a delay on testimony. Now, they've delayed testimony from Ruby Freeman, who we'll be talking about in a little bit, and Wandrea Shamos. But also, they delayed a testimony. They wanted this one quashed. Like, they were like, quash this, quash this completely. And that is over the Fulton County Election Board Director, one Richard Barron. Now, Richard Barron has already been fired. He's already been fired from the uh, Fulton County Board of Electors, like the Election Board of Directors. He's already been fired. He's already out of the picture. Um, but it's because of what was going on with this man that um, they want his testimony, obviously, because he was the one that was playing all the dirty deeds over there. Now, don't forget, guys, what did we talk about? We talked about the National Association of Secretary of States. And we talked about the National Association of State Election Directors. These are the two nonprofit organizations that George Soros and his ilk got into to make sure that the elections in 2020, indeed the elections from whenever he got these people in, would go in their favor, whether that was liberal or progressive or whatever it is that these people want, whatever these bad actors want, that's why they got inside. And guys, I know I told it to you here on the C Report about a week to a week and a half ago, but we have some confirmation that validates my theories tonight. We'll be sharing that with you later on um, when we're talking about the Secretary of Snakes, because that was the game they had to play, ladies and gentlemen. They had to get, they had to infiltrate, they had to take over these two organizations, the National Association of State Election Directors and the National Association of Secretary of States, in order to get this job done. And that's what they've been doing. That's why you see all of these Secretary of States from Raffensperger to uh, who's the new one, Griswold over in Colorado to 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 Benson over in Michigan to Schnobs over in Arizona. Like you see all of these bad to to uh, who is the one over there in Pennsylvania? She's not with them anymore. Brookvar, Brookvar over in Pennsylvania, like all of them, the Secretary of Snakes, all of them, they all turned heel on the American people during the 2020 election and indeed maybe sooner. But that was the name of the game, and that's what they had to do. So anyways, let's talk about this guy here, Richard Barron, real quick. Now, like I said, Richard Barron is the former director of the election board of Fulton County. Um, when he was on the board, uh, he was not able he was not able to report the chain of custody for some, what, 18,000 ballots, right? Couldn't find it. In fact, he told them that it's been missing, like that it was it was lost, it was not findable, they couldn't do it. And now that all this news is breaking, it's finally breaking, right? It's been on the undercurrent in the local news, it's been on the undercurrent in the independent media, but now people are finally picking up on it. President Trump made a statement on it, right? He made a statement on it about it last week where we're talking about the Georgia Star demanding chain of custody be turned in for the counties of the state of Georgia. Fulton County was found to still have been missing 18,900 ballots chain of custody for the absentee ballots that were turned in on the 2020 election. And this man here, who was to be, uh, who was subpoenaed for testimony to give a deposition and all that today, it was quashed 
Well, no, no, I take it back. They wanted to quash it, but instead it's been delayed. It's been delayed. He That means he's still possibly under the gun. He might still have the spotlight shining on him. All of a sudden, this man has found the chain of custody paperwork. He's found the documentation for 18,900 ballots. That which he did not turn in since election night, which has been missing since then, it's more than six months, has finally been found. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. He's finally found it. Hooray for Richard Barron. All right. Yeah. So interesting, right? Very interesting. How convenient, right? There's no such thing as coincidences. It's not a coincidence that now that this man has to go and testify uh, before, a, uh, before a judge that he's finally found the chain of custody documentation. It's not a coincidence at all. But here's some other things that they might want to pick Richard Barron's brain about, okay? Because Richard Barron was also involved with the receipts and the disbursement of one, um, one, um, <laughs> sorry, of one Mark Zuckerberg's Center for Tech and Civic Lights, Zuckerbucks, dispersed in the state of Georgia. Now, you all know that we have talked about Zuckerbucks and how they uh, basically poisoned the elections in 2020 through his Center for Tech and Civic Life. We're all over that here at the Sea Report. That's what we like to talk about. We like to talk about this little minutia stuff, right? Okay, so this man, when he was the director of the Fulton County Board of Elections, he was the one who's direct contact for Fulton County and the money that Mark Zuckerberg, Facebook CEO, and his wife, whatever Chan, gave to the Center for Tech, uh, Technology and Civic Life to perform safe elections in 2020. So he actually sat in on a board meeting with these guys, um, and it it, uh, and it it proceeded without asking any any questions. You know, he was just getting the funding provided to them for them. Now, the Fulton County Elections Director Richard Barron told Fulton County Board of Commissioners that he was able to secure this grant for the county, but he failed to mention the name of the funding group, which was the Center for Tech and Civic Life, or the fact that they had only one day earlier received a $250 million donation from Facebook founder Mark Zuckerberg and Priscilla Chan to fund the Fulton County grant. Um, uh, so here's the summary budget details of the proposal that Barron sent to the Center for Tech and Civic Life on August 18th, 2020, which they accepted. And that was what? $1,488,000 uh, that went to the absentee ballot assembly and processing equipment. They spent $937,710 for early voting sites and ballot drop-off options. They spent $3,923,700 on in-person at polling places on election day for a total of $6,309,436. I said that all screwed up, but the point of the matter is it was over six mil, right? That this guy was in charge of dispersing from Mark Zuckerberg's foundation, Center for Tech and Civic Life. Okay, so maybe whenever they decide to get this guy to testify, they could ask him a little bit about that. You know, I, I really wish we could see here how much money went into uh, hiring people and how much money went into the staffing for that. Now, of course, we all know who staffed 
you know, the uh, the election night ballot counting procedures. We all know that was happy faces that Stacey Abrams, once again, oh, this monster keeps on coming up. This wildebeest, right? Oh, what's going on here? Hold on. But yeah, so that's another thing to think about. So how much money did the, the Center for Tech and Civic Life through Mark Barron or Richard Barron in the Fulton County Board of Electors, election directors, how did they? How much money did they funnel into Stacey Abrams' entrepreneurial firm, Happy Faces, who staffed all the ballot counting procedures and probably every other agency in the government of Georgia? How much money did they spend on them? That's what I want to know because that's a pretty good question. You know, that's a pretty good question to ask. And now we have to say, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to hop over to Ruby Freeman. What do we got here? That's not it yet. Oh, oh, well, that's Stacey Abrams, not quite Ruby. I had a, I thought, you, got, you know what, ladies and gentlemen, it's the barbecue's fault. <laughs> Let's show you this woman's face. Come on, Ruby, come on down. Here's Ruby. All right, Ruby, come on down. You're on the sea report. Do, 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 do. Okay, so here's Ruby Freeman. Now, she is one of three to four individuals who are now confirmed to have repeatedly passed ballots through the ballot counting machines during uh, the night over there at, what was it, the Honda Civic Center or something like that, <laughs> whatever it was, the Fulton County Center or whatever, the Toyota Center, wherever these people were that were doing this crime, right? Okay, so Ruby Freeman, right? Okay, we're talking about all the prime suspects here tonight over at the Sea Report in regards to what happened in the state of Georgia you know, I am from Texas, but you know what? This is important. Okay, guys, you know, this is important. George is important. Even though, you know, it's like baseball's moving to California and, and Coca-Cola. No, let's talk about these guys. Okay, so let's talk about Ruby Freeman. Okay, because this is gonna this is gonna come into the breakdown. What we're leading up here to right now, guys, is the breakdown of everything that happened in Georgia. Now, you all know this. You all know this because we all heard the hearing that uh, Giuliani did in uh, uh, representing Trump down there back in what November, December, right? They laid all this out, guys. They laid all of this out for us, so we already know it. Also, we have all the affidavits, you know. We have all of this information that was turned in regards to the election um, um, scandal, the fraud, the coup, the steal, the theft, however you want to put it. But now we're going to get into some of the actual details of it. So do you, okay, you guys remember last week we were talking about, uh, we were talking about how Secretary of Snakes Raffensperger sent this one dude down to do an audit of his election running, his, his ballot counting night, right? And it came back and it bit him in the butt because it's showing all of this lack of chain of custody. No one knows what they're doing. Happy Faces is hiring people that want to, you know, mess stuff up. And, and so, and now people are like, hey, this is your own guy that you came down here to do the audit and look at what it's showing. And then that guy's trying to backtrack, right? Okay, this is all leading up to that, guys, because that was a 29-page report from a 7th, what was it, 7th Hill or 7th Tree. It was 7th Tree Services. And uh, the guy's name was uh, J Carter Jones. Carter Jones. We talked about him last week. I showed you his report. 
Uh, I, you know, is it with all the markings and stuff like that? Okay, there's another report. It's 14 pages long. We're going to look at it in a little bit. But first, all of this is leading up to that because this is just, this is just falling apart so fast for Raffensperger and, you know, the false people of Georgia that just oversaw this sham and theft of an election. Ruby Freeman was a big part of it. Ruby Freeman was a big part of it. Now, in regards to Ruby Freeman, aside from her doing this, uh, passing multiple ballots through the machines, and then also what did she do? Kicking out uh, Republican uh, poll watchers and stuff like that. This woman got on Instagram. She got on Instagram and filmed herself and filmed some of the stuff that was going on inside of, oh God, what was the name of it, guys? I don't know if I put it in my notes. Uh, uh, where they were working. Was it the Toyota Center or something there? Wherever they had the, the pipe bust. Yeah, the, the pipe thing. And they had to evacuate everyone. Uh, let me see here. Do I have it here? I'm giving you guys the wrong information. I need to give you guys the right information. I think it was the Toyota Center. Someone tell me in the chat there, if you're paying attention, you guys are having a good time in chat. I could tell. Like, <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's just get into it. Let's just get into it. Okay. So uh, let's see here. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I'm getting a little distracted. Okay. Let's go into, uh, okay. Let's take a look at the video. Cause you remember Twitter's been subpoenaed. Twitter's been subpoenaed to get information from uh, Wandrea Shea Moss. Well, we didn't have to do that in regards to this woman here, Ruby Freeman. She put it on Instagram. Now, the one thing I want you guys to take note of in this video from Wandrea Shea Moss, other than the fact that when she says cleanliness is next to godliness, <laughs> she sounds like a demon whenever she says that, like she's mocking him, right? But she's in a room filled with absentee ballots and there's no one there observing it. There's no one there watching her. There's no one there making sure that she's doing the right thing. It's totally illegal. Totally illegal. Okay. We're going to watch the video now. Yeah. Okay. And we're going to just take a look at this woman. It's, it's crazy guys. Okay. Let's, let's put her on the screen. Let's get her going. All right, ladies and gentlemen, try not to let your uh, try not to toss your cookies over this, okay, guys. Testing, COVID, COVID testing. Oh my God! Oh, turn around. Hey, everybody. Yeah, you know, I just got back yesterday after ten days, and I had just got tested. Hold on, baby girl, you okay? Breathe. Sniff. You don't need no asthma pump. You're okay, baby. <laughs> the bonus registration. Yeah, they had a scare. Hey, we. They had a scare at the warehouse, so we all had to get tested again. Yeah, so we getting tested for COVID, and I got 50 million ballots. Y'all know I work seven days a week, 12 to 13 hours a day. Another baby girl. I don't see her. You know, I got little baby girls out here. I have to. Oh, Keisha. Keisha. I ain't got the two out here. I ain't got the two. She handling like a child. <laughs> okay. 
I love you, sweetie. See you. Okay, yeah. So time to go back to work. Get the ballots done. Oh my God. <laughs> it's not that bad. It is that bad though. <laughs> Don't let your nostrils be dry. Cause you will burn up. Hey. Hey, sir. Hey. Yeah. So we are here. Voters registration and election. Fulton County, downtown ATL. Yeah. So, yeah, I got here at a quarter to six. I'll leave about hmm, seven or eight. Hey, Dion. Put. Oh, oh, you know, right. We'll see where. Right. Thank you. When you get the testing, you have to move it from your nose. And then after the testing, you got to be able to breathe. I mean, because this. Okay. I get my little steps in, so I'm going to get the steps. <sighs> oh, my God. Yeah, they say this self-testing. I said, oh, no, not for me. I'm in the wrong line then. No, I definitely can't do it by myself. Really? Stick that thing in the nose and turn it three times. That ain't going to happen. So I let them do it. Yeah. Whew. So, hey, Dion, what's going on? How are you? <sighs> yeah. So, I got a lot of work to do, y'all. So I'm working seven days a week, but I'm getting it done. I was out for 10 days because I didn't like the way things were going. So I just said, hmm. yeah, anywho, I'll see y'all when I see you. But I'm back, ready to work. I'm going to look at y'all see you. Okay, don't say nothing. Listen, look. Hey, That's what's going on at Fulton County. Voters registration. Sir, can I have some work? It's been 30 minutes. 30 minutes? Uh-huh. That's all you give me. I ain't gonna give you but five. I come to work, y'all. And they talk about me. Oh, they talk about me. Oh yeah. Because I told them. I didn't want to work. Oh, Dion, thank you. Thank you, love. When I didn't want to work, I took off for 10 days. I'm back at work. Give me some work. Because I come to work. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Oh, you're going to give me? Oh, you just gave me one. God bless you real good. Thank you. I want to give you two. Why ain't you an overwork here? Overwork? Ain't no such thing. I'm going to be here till 7 o'clock. Okay. All these ballots not accounted for. There's no one watching them. What is going on here? Yes, go to jail. Go to jail. Go directly to jail. Y'all see all this? I got to do. I do all this. Get all these. Have some tea now. Don't mind, Miss Murphy. Whatever. No. She's like, she's slacking. I know you ain't coming to me, and you the one just giving me some work. Oh my god. That's all right. I told you to you. Head in hard. No, I'm charging to your head and your heart. You don't know about. Hey, uh, hey, Sister Baldwin. 
Hey everybody. Y'all see my name on my screen? <laughs> I'm enjoying my work. I'm enjoying my work. Well, I got a sign today. Huh? I ain't signed yesterday. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, give me some hand sanitizer. I touched that clipboard. Oh, yeah, y'all just don't even know. I hand sanitize everything. Stupid skirts. Give me six feet. Yes. Yes, yes, Lord. Okay, so. So I get my hand sanitized. Yeah, I use hand sanitizer. I hand sanitizer the handle on the coffee pot because they don't, you know, y'all know how I am. Dion, you know how I am. Y'all know how I am about cleanliness. It's next to godliness. Guys, just the way she said that, cleanliness is next to godliness. She sounds like a demon. She sounds like she's mocking. I don't like that. I don't like you, Ruby Freeman. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay, so I got to tell y'all something. Hold on a moment. I got to go outside. I got to tell y'all something. What happened yesterday? Don't go nowhere. Don't go nowhere. Okay, so yesterday, before I left, you know, everybody just talk, talk, talk. They talk, who shot JR? Everybody, mama, grandmama, where you went to school, everything. That stuff just get on my nerve. So, so what happened? They got their little group together and started talking. I turned up, I got some old school music, old school gospel. <laughs> you know, that was, praise the Lord, everybody. I mean, you know, I had it up loud because one of our on my road with me. Hello, love. So I had it up loud, right? I had it up loud, okay? Everybody know about I'm in the corner. I had it up loud, right? <laughs> so after about 30 minutes, this girl saying, Miss Ruby. Can you turn your music down? I'm trying to enter. I said, oh, y'all finished now? Oh, oh, I was just doing it to drown out the noise. Well, we can, we just have to talk. I said, no, you don't. No. I said, I just, so I heard, you know, I hear everything. You know what they say about that little rat in the carpet. Well, I hear everything. So they were saying, I know she did it on purpose, and I was like, I heard So I say, yes, I did do it on purpose because I have to drown out the noise because y'all talk on purpose. So I said, okay, let's make a deal. Y'all stop talking, and I'll stop with the music. Did nobody say nothing. They was like, mm, they just couldn't believe it. I came back. I'm like, uh-uh, I ain't having it. I got real stressed out. The real deal was I ain't got so stressed out, y'all. I had to have surgery on my eye because then it built up this big knot on my eye. So they had to cut it open, get it out and everything. And I came back. I said, I'm not holding my mouth. I'm not holding my mouth. And then I watched that movie all the way. Uh-oh, people coming. 
I watched that movie out with Queen Latifah, you know, last holiday, you know, when she thought she was going to die. But she was just telling it like it is. Without hearing me, she was telling it. I watched that movie, too. I came back pumped up. I came back ready. I was ready for him. I was ready for him. So I said, if y'all stop talking, then I'll stop playing my gospel music. We have to make a deal. <laughs> so anyway, I'm going back. Okay, so I'm going to stop it there. The rest, she's just basically talking about her life. Uh, I was laughing because I'm looking at some of y'all's comments. Like, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, like, uh, what was that? Uh, what did I just cut that? Uh, where'd you go? Oh, Henry4570. Stay tuned for the crying on the next episode of Election Steal. Indeed, this woman's going to be crying. And uh, some of you all were asking if she's related, if she's not related, if she's connected to Stacey Abrams or perhaps she and Stacey Abrams are friends. Don't forget, y'all, Stacey Abrams uh, business, Happy Faces hiring firm staffed this with these people. So it is very likely that they are connected to Stacey Abrams through Happy Faces, who basically does all of the government jobs in Georgia. Like for every agency, we covered it in our last episode, how, uh, you know, or was the last two episodes ago, how uh, they're, they're in Brian Kemp's office, they're at the DMV, they're at every level of, of Georgia state business or whatever. Like they're there, staffed by Stacey Abrams, firm happy faces so very well this ruby freeman is collect is uh, connected to stacy abrams in that manner crazy stuff guys like now this is what i'm saying if this woman ruby freeman had this on her instagram and this is now on youtube that's why whenever i was in las vegas guys i used to say because you know how they say what happens in las vegas stays on las vegas no this is what i say what happens in las vegas stays on the internet and that's what this woman's going to learn right now, because whatever she done did during this election ballot counting procedure stays on the Internet. And that, I think, is why Twitter has been subpoenaed, because Wandrea Shea Moss probably removed some videos or probably hit it. And now they need to subpoena Twitter to get that information, because she probably did something as stupid as this uh, Ruby Freeman here, who got on her camera, showed her how no one's watching the ballots, how they're just sitting down there. She's going in and out, just like you guys noticed. She's, she's not even doing her job right. She's like, ah, like, you know, just laughing about how great of a job she's doing. But it was her. It was uh, it was Rondrea, Wandrea Shamos, and it was Ralph Jones. Um, and and I believe the reports are coming out that there might be one or two other people that night that were actually double stuffing, triple stuffing, quadruple stuffing the ballots through the ballot machines. And this woman made the stupidest human error. I mean, what is this? Is this hubris? I guess this would be hubris, right? Where she's like, oh, I can just go on. I'm going to go on another break. I just got in from work and I'm going to waste taxpayer money. Well, is it taxpayer money? I don't know. It came from CTCV. It came from the Center for Tech and Civic Living, right? So I don't know. She's wasting Zuckerbuck's money. Maybe Mark Zuckerberg should be like, Ruby Freeman? You wasted that money. You could have been counting that stuff. And then she has it on film too. And then she's broadcasting on Instagram at the same time. <laughs> so dang, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what these people are thinking, but they, they pants themselves as some would say, they, they totally, uh, they totally expose themselves for who they are. And that is, that is the long and short of it. Now, 
You guys have been having a great time. I'm having a great time tonight. Before we go on, I just wanted to real quickly thank the following viewers out there. Doreen Mark, Just V, Pilled by the Rabbit, Matt1776, Blonde Blue Lady Q, Always in Texas, Bruce Banner, Henry4570, uh, I can't read my writing, Looking Up, Patriot 1776 napkinator 79 uh, and freaking nuts thank you so much guys for your um your gold pill donations tonight uh we're not done yet though the show's still going because guess what now we are going to get into stacy abrams so let me go ahead and pull up her look at that look at that woman right there stacy abrams some people can't stand the sight of her i know i can't but we have to talk about these people Georgia is in such big play. You know what? They might, they may not even need to do an audit in Georgia. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like with all of this evidence that's coming out that we're all talking about, they should not even need to do an audit. They should not even need to do an audit in Georgia. What if in a historical toss up, they just say decertify without an audit because everything that we're seeing Everything that I'm showing you, everything that's out there, right? Because I'm just, I'm just calling headlines and I'm just going through stories and I'm just bringing it here and aggregating it to you guys and curating these stories for you all. But these stories are out there. If Mr. C's talking about them, definitely other people are talking about them. President Trump, President Trump himself talked about this stuff to none other than the Secretary of Snakes, Brad Raffensperger. We have the audio. We're going to play it here in a minute. But let's talk about Stacey Abrams first, okay? Because Stacey Abrams, again, she's the one who staffed all of these people. She's the one who had all of them come in to do this job. Now, and that's interesting because in other states, it was actually the unions, the AFL-CIO. They're the ones who are doing it. But in Georgia... It was Stacey Abrams, none other than and Happy Faces, which is her hiring firm. Now, some interesting stuff has also come out about Stacey Abrams. Maybe some of you all caught some of this. But Stacey Abrams actually serves on the board of directors for an organization known as the Center for American Progress. Have you all ever heard about the Center for American Progress? Do you all know who is the committee chairperson of the Center for American Progress? Actually, not not even the, he's like the president. Do you know who it is? Do you, I mean, I'm pretty sure you guys can guess who funds the Center for American Progress. One, oh, Everyone's favorite, Mr. George Soros, Mr. Uh, Bag, <laughs> what is it, Isaacs himself? George, don't you know every woman over 25 needs some cucumbers in the house, George? Man, you got to do something about them eye sacks, George. Them eye bags, they're pretty low there. You're right on par with Palpatine. I think that's just, that was so fitting, Palpatine and him. But let's talk a little bit about the Center for American Progress. Um, that would be one John Podesta. You all know who John Podesta is. He's the uh, man of the Podesta brother fame uh, who was embroiled in the Pizzagate scandal, who was what uh, Hillary Clinton's campaign uh, director. Uh, 
Yes, that same man, John Podesta. Who knows? Maybe we'll get to talk about Pizzagate and all of those guys shenanigans some at some point in the future here on the Sea Report. But these are some pretty bad actors. You know, uh, we have this report from the New American that says left-wing activist Stacey Abrams sits on the board of an organization that participated in exchanges with a top Chinese Communist Party-linked propaganda group for more than a decade, that being the Center uh, for American Progress, and has even co-authored reports as part of her role. But the Center for American Progress has been a repeated partner with the China-United States Exchange Foundation for over a decade, working with the Chinese propaganda fronts on reports, sponsored trips to China, and other initiatives. As the New American has previously reported, one of the ways in which the China-United States Exchange Foundation influences American policy is by sponsoring trips of United States politicians, journalists, and other prominent persons to go to China, where they wine and dine with key members of the communist regime. Okay, so here's from, um, here's from the Center for American Progress. I'll just expand that on the screen for you guys. Now, this is a statement they released in December of 2018. Let me go ahead and expand it for you there real quick. Boop, 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 boop. Okay, all right. It says here, now this is from... Uh, again, the Center for American Progress statement. Stacey Abrams joins the Center for American Progress Board of Directors. Now, you guys have to understand, when you're getting involved with an organization like the Center for American Progress, and it's also come out that Stacey Abrams is a lifelong member of the Council on Foreign Relations, you are at the top, or near the top at least, of these uh, deep state globalist black hat organizations, okay? So she's actually riding pretty high on the hog, which means the hog's getting pushed down pretty low, right? But at the same time, it's important to note, this woman, she's got some, she's actually got some pool working with organizations that work with John Podesta, that work hand in hand with the Hillary Clinton Foundation, Hillary Clinton, and ran their freaking campaign. And then George Soros is funding these guys. He probably knows Stacey Abrams by name, if not by gap tooth. But George, George Soros probably can, can say Stacey Abrams and know who he's talking about. She's probably not just a shadow figure in his cabinet. He probably has met with the woman. That's just speculation. I'm just saying. But let's look at the statement real quick. Stacey Abrams joins the Center for American Progress Board of Directors, Washington, D.C. Former Georgia House Minority Leader Stacey Abrams is joining the Center for American Progress Board of Directors, the organization announced today. Abrams is an author, serial entrepreneur, nonprofit CEO, and political leader. Abrams served 11 years in the Georgia House of Representatives and seven as House Minority Leader. In 2018, she became the Democrat nominee for governor of Georgia, where she won more votes than any other Democrat in the state's history. She has founded multiple organizations devoted to voting rights, training, hiring young people of color, and tackling social issues at both the state and national levels. She is also a lifetime member of the Council on Foreign Relations. Lifetime member. 
at uh, Abrams is the 2020, or sorry, 2012 recipient of the John F. Kennedy New Frontier Award, and she's the first Black woman to become the gubernatorial nominee for a major party in the United States. Abrams says, I am honored to be joining the board of Center for American Progress, led by the extraordinary Neera Tandon. Center for American Progress has been at the forefront of progressive policy, development, and activism for years. Together, we will find bold solutions, support on healthcare access, voting rights, the economy, and other critical issues our nation faces. That is one Stacey Abrams right there, ladies and gentlemen. We seize you, Stacey. We seize you. You are out and exposed now. The uh, New American article concluded that uh, the uh, Chinese United States Exchange Foundation is part of China's United Front, which the United States China Economic and Security Review Commission has described as an effort to co-opt and neutralize sources of potential opposition to the policies and authority of its ruling Chinese Communist Party and influence overseas Chinese communities, foreign governments, and other actors to take actions or adopt positions supportive of Beijing's preferred policies. So you want to talk about being embroiled with communists, with the enemy. Stacey Abrams is already up there with the lot of them. And uh, as we'll see as we move along tonight, you know, she had Raffensperger sign that consent decree for them to accept all of those illegal ballots, those ballots that they would otherwise have not accepted in the state of Georgia. She was the one who was instrumental in all of this, okay? It was all Abrams. And uh, I mean, come on, guys. It's pretty crazy, okay? We're really, we're really picking into the gritty-gritty of the Georgia state legislature and all of their politicians. Someone had to do it, right? Well, it's just aggregated here on the C report, but I hope that this information is uh, is a is timely and is being delivered in a way that is easy to digest. I'm sure it is. We're having a good time here at the C report. I can tell you guys are having a good time. So, okay, let's talk about now. We're going to move on from Abrams. We're going to keep all of those points in mind. Now, don't forget, we talked about Richard Barron, the former director of the Fulton County Board of Directors, right? Election directors and how he couldn't find the chain of custody. He took money from CTCL. Um, you know, we talked about uh, Raffensperger a little bit, and we talked about Abrams for sure, right? We talked about Ruby Freeman. Okay, now all of these things that were going on were most definitely put together in a pretty little package um, and were delivered to Brad Raffensperger, Secretary of Snakes, and his lawyer, uh, and his lawyer's name is Ryan Germany. Okay, so we have Ryan Germany and Brad Raffensperger. Now, Ryan Germany um, and Raffensperger received this report from Carter Jones. Now, guys, 
remember, it was a 29-page report. We talked about it last week. We had it here on the screen. We we're going through it. There was definitely chain of custody problems. There was all there. There were people from from Abrams uh, hiring company, uh, uh, happy faces that wanted to f shit up. Oh my bad. Wanted to f s up. <laughs> And all that stuff, like, okay, and this guy was taking notes, this Carter Jones was taking neurotic notes on everything that was happening, right? A lot of stuff came out of that report, right? Now, Carter Jones did another report. It was a 14-page report. We're going to look at it in just a minute, okay? Because this Carter Jones guy is also trying to walk back everything that he said. But here's the highlight. Like I said, everything that we've talked about tonight so far President Trump had brought to their attention. Let's talk about Brad Raffensperger removing 100,000 voters from his voter rolls in the state of Georgia. Now, that's big because, like I said, you got to go to the public. Uh, you have to go to PILF, the public um, public blah, 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 public information legal foundation, or you have to go to Judicial Watch if you want to get in touch with someone who's going to press through lawsuits states to clean their voter rolls. They've done this successfully in California, in Pennsylvania, and other states where they sue and they get them to clean out their voter rolls. Well. Brad Raffensperger is in such a tizzy over everything that's falling apart. Like if any state were going to fall apart and it were going to be obvious to anyone how bad of a deal this guy made, how much theft, how much scandal, how much lies and fraud and collusion and everything, it's breaking down. It's To me, it's breaking down in Georgia to the point that they don't even need an audit. They don't even need to do an audit because all of their methods have been exposed. You don't even need to get to the end result because everything that they did is coming out before they even get to the audit. Like they're not even going to get there. Every, everything that they did wrong is coming out before they even get to the audit. It's going to be like a reverse audit almost. It's like maybe this is the only state where this is going to happen, okay? But everyone else is going to get an audit. I don't, I don't see a need for an audit in Georgia. They just need to like cancel the whole damn thing, decertify it. Because after all, these guys did so many bad things. It's all coming out. It's insane, guys, the way that it's working. Okay, so Brad Raffensperger wants to uh, remove 100,000. He's going to remove 100,000 voters from his voter rolls. 18,000 of them are dead. People who are dead, okay? Uh, this came from Just the News. There are more than 100,000 Georgians set to be removed from the state's voter registration rolls unless they act in a timely manner. State officials told Channel 2 News that the removals are required by law and the maintenance of the voter rolls must occur every two years. According to Channel 2 in Atlanta, more than 100,000 poised to be removed from the list have been submitting changes of address forms to the post office or mail sent to their listed residents were returned. More than 18,000 were removed because they are deceased. Now, keep in mind, President Trump supposedly lost the election in Georgia by 11,000 less than 12,000 votes in Georgia. If 18,000 of those votes were from dead people and it's proven, you got to decertify because Biden only stole the state by 11,000. 
and 18,000 dead people voted. That's insane, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, so it says here, uh, uh, Brad Raffensperger says, these people don't live in Georgia anymore. He's talking about the 100,000 people, right? These people don't live in Georgia anymore. Then you have 18,000 people who passed away. So they are not going to be voting anymore. You need to have accurate voter rolls and proper list maintenance. It also helps your county election directors. Oh, Brad, 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 Brad. Now you care about your election county directors when you were the one who was blaming them for everything that happened. He's all, I'm just a secretary of state. It's not my fault. It's the, the county's fault and their board of directors fault. Not me. Not me. No, I don't do anything. Ah, oh, it's not me. I just report the information. That's all I do. I don't have anything else to do with it. Oh, Brad Raffensperger. Now you want to look out for the people you threw under the bus. It sounds like to me is what that is. This dude by the name of Gerald Griggs from the Atlanta NAACP said, we already have lawyers on standby. I am on standby just in case we have to file litigation. So we are going to be watching this and we will respond if we believe voters have been disenfranchised. So people are watching. Georgia has recently joined with 30 other states to be part of the nonpartisan electronic registration information center, according to the outlet, which according to Raffensperger will allow them to update registration status of people who have moved out of state on a monthly basis instead of every two years. How interesting, ladies and gentlemen, how interesting. Okay. Let's look at what do we got here? Okay. This is the dude by the name of Carter Jones. This is the dude that Brad Raffensperger's lawyer, Ryan Germany, hired to take neurotic notes of everything that was going on during the election, right? Okay, so we, we had a 29-page report from him before, and now this dude, we find there's another report. It's 14 pages long, okay? We're not going to go through all of it, but here's, here's some of it. Uh, there's some reporting here that talks about how it was, um, it was all messed up. Now I probably need to, to expand this for you guys. Okay. So, uh, let me see if I can't do that real quick. Expand, expand, expand. Ha <laughs> We got expansion. All right, cool. Okay. So here it says, uh, although Fulton County allocated, go away. It's giving me errors because it wants me to subscribe. All the Fulton County allocated ample resources for absentee ballot processing leading into general elections. The process themselves were extremely sloppy and replete with chain of custody issues as this massive tide of ballots bounced around the Fulton County government HQ building. The system created by Ralph Jones, uh, registration chief of Fulton County, seemed to function, but there were many processes that seemed to be ad hoc solutions to problems caused by lack of organization or permanent staff with the expertise to manage the system in place. For example, the room which housed the team doing additional voter verification was also a temporary housing location for ballots between the mail room, which receives, opens, and records a number of ballots, and the ENET processing room. Staff Staff in this room seemed to not understand the process, and Jones had to intervene to stop a temporary staffer from moving a pile of recently accepted but unverified absentee ballots into the stack to go right straight to State Farm Arena. I kept calling it Toyota and Civic Honda. Okay, it was a State Farm Arena for scanning and counting. Had Jones not been there with me to catch this mistake, it is safe to assume that those ballots would have been counted as if they'd been verified. 
I observed an additional security issue here as one staff member told me that people had not been signing out batches of ballots as they moved around the building and trays between processing rooms, which is a clear failure in the chain of custody mandated by the OCGA. Given the inefficiencies of this system uh, and the volume of absentee ballots received, there was no way that Fulton County could possibly comply with the mandate to process all absentee ballots by the close of business on the next business day after the ballot is received. Okay, now that's just one piece of information that comes out of this 14-page report. We're not going to go through it, obviously. We're already... We're already in overtime, ladies and gentlemen. But that was uh, that. That's just okay. This this was received. This report, as well as the fourteen, page, the twenty nine page report that we covered last week, was received by Brad Raffensperger and his attorney Ryan Germany on election night and election night plus five. Right, like they had these reports, and yet they did not act. They did not do anything to say, hey, there's something illegal. There was okay. This, 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 uh, I was gonna say Jordan Conrad is in a hat. This guy here, this, uh, this Carter Jones guy, he even had in his report about Ralph Jones and Wandrea Shea and Ruby Freeman passing multiple ballots. Like he had it in his report that went to Raffensburger's desk, and Raffensburger sat on this and did nothing. Okay. He, it's crumbling. Everything is coming down in Georgia. Let this be the state where they don't even have to have an audit. They just decertify it based on all of this criminal activity. Like, it's all in your face, ladies and gentlemen. You guys know it. I know it. Trump knows it. His administration knows it. It's about time that the rest of America and the world knew it because it's all there. All the evidence is here. The proof is in the pudding. I said that better than Joe Biden could. And it's true, ladies and gentlemen. So now, here's the ticker. Here's the ticker. And uh, I had a request to cover the Project Veritas. So we are going to do that. But first, before we get to that, I have to share this with you all, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, that's something else I have to share with you. Okay, let me find this. Okay, oh, that's coming up. Where's it at? Where's it at? Where's it at? Where's it at? I got it here somewhere. Okay, let me pull up something real quick, guys. Hold on. Let's go back over to... No, I don't want to show him. No, I don't want to show her. Oh, goodness. Let's just stick on Ruby. Let's stick on Ruby for a minute. I got to pull up something real quick. Now, uh, ladies and gentlemen, you guys probably remember the story that was coming out uh, from the Washington Compost, where Brad Raffensperger tried to frame Donald Trump for giving him, uh, um, uh, trying to convince him trying to pressure him into calling the election for him as opposed to Joe Biden, right? Now, this this story got into the Washington Compost and everyone ran with it. Trump is a bully. He's doing something illegal. And he's, no, no credit card obligations. No, ladies and gentlemen. No, don't let this be happening now. Oh, you got to be kidding me. All right, hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. This cannot be happening. Oh, you. Oh, oh, okay. I'm refraining from I'm refraining from using foul language here. Okay, give me a minute. I'm gonna find something real quick. Here, let me go and expand that. Whoop. Hey, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about this real quick. And then I gotta find this because guys, I had this, I was working on my other computer. Let me see here. Uh
Okay, so basically on election night, uh, Trump calls Raffensperger. He's telling him about all of this stuff that's going on. And we have the audio. I know we can get it. I'm going to get you guys the audio, full audio. I'm going to pull up as many things as I can to get this. But um, basically, Trump gives him all the data. He gives him all of the numbers about all of the fraud. He talks to him about um, about uh, Ruby Freeman. He talks to him about um, about why he's not wanting to call the audit. And basically, Raffensperger's like, no, it, it didn't happen that way. And and all of them were sitting there. It was, it's insane. And, and then basically Raffensperger and his clique cut up the audio to make it sound like Trump is just being a bully. And then they pass it around to the Washington compost and all these other people. And they make it seem pretty bad. And like, you know, Trump was coming under a lot of fire for it, but eventually he was, uh, he, he was redeemed for that. Okay. So I need to find a full audio recording. Now we're not going to play all of the audio here. It is <laughs> okay. Why should your business go higher? Hey, Here's I didn't give you permission. Hold on. Hold on, ladies and gentlemen. We're almost there. We're almost there. Thank you for hanging in. We're almost there. Okay. Now we're not going to play all of it, but we are going to play some key pieces of it. Just so you guys can hear what these guys were talking about and everything. And this audio, like I said, it was clipped by uh, Raffensperger and his group. And uh, they made him look like he was bullying and he was trying to, like, basically talk them into doing something illegal. Of course, they had all the data on Trump's side and he was telling him about it. But again, these people, they're crooked, you know. Um, let me see if I can't get it to where it needs to be. We're at what, 20? Hey, what's going on here? Okay, we're almost there, ladies and gentlemen. This is a pretty good audio. Uh, I feel like we might have actually played this on our show back in February or March, but we're going to play it here again because you guys are a brand new shining audience, and I think you guys should hear this. All right, now here's a recorded audio between Secretary of Snake Brad Raffensperger and President Trump. Of course, uh, Brad Raffensperger's lawyer, Ryan Germany, is uh, is in the audio as well as uh, some other people. So let's go ahead and give that a quick listen. It's pretty good stuff. It's damning, basically, ladies and gentlemen. It's damning because he knew he's on record lying about all this stuff. And Trump is telling him too. But guys, real quick. 18,000 people, 18,000 deceased people in Georgia on the voter rolls, most likely voting for President-Select Biden. In this conversation, they tell Trump their numbers were wrong. It was found that only two dead people, only two dead people voted in this election. It was 18,000 guys. Raffensperger, you going down, my friend. You going down. But we don't have the records that you have. And one of the things that we have been suggesting formally and informally for weeks now is to try is for you to make available to us 
the records that would be necessary but, to confirm. But Plita, even before you do that, Plita, even before you do that, and not even including that, that's why I hardly even included that number, although in one state we have a tremendous amount of dead people. So I don't know. I'm sure we do in Georgia, too. I'm sure we do in Georgia, too. But um, is that we're so far ahead. We're so far ahead of these numbers. Even the phony ballots of uh, a known scammer. You know the Internet? You know what was trending on the Internet? Where's Because they thought you'd be in. Just so you guys know, the beeping, the censoring beep, that's not foul language. That's him saying Ruby Freeman. He's talking about Ruby Freeman, and they bleeped out her name in this conversation. But that's who he's talking about right now, Ruby Freeman. That's why they bleep it out. They're trying to protect her. In jail. Where's um, it's, uh, it's crazy. It's crazy. That was the minimum number is 18,000. But they think it's probably about fifty-six thousand. But the minimum number is eighteen thousand. Night where she ran back in there when everybody was gone and stuff. She stuffed the ballot boxes. Let's face it, Brad. I mean, I, they did it in slow motion replay, magnified, right? She stuffed the ballot boxes. They were stuffed like nobody's ever seen them stuffed before. So there's a term for it when it's a machine instead of a ballot box. But uh, they, she stuffed the machine. She stuffed the ballot each. Each ballot went three times. They were showing, here's ballot number one, here it is the second time, third time, next ballot. I mean, look, Brett, this is, we have, we have a new tape that we're going to release. It's devastating. And by the way, that one event, that one event is much more than the 11,000 votes that we're talking about. It's, uh, you know, that one event was a, a disaster. Uh, it's it's just you know, but it was it it was something that uh, it can't be disputed. And again, we have a version that you haven't seen, but it's uh, it's it's uh, magnified. It's magnified, and you can see every everything. And she put for some reason they put it in three times each ballot, and I don't know why. But you know why? I don't know why three times. Why not five times? Right? But uh, yeah, go ahead. You're, you're talking about uh, the State Farm video, and I think it's extremely unfortunate that Rudy Giuliani or his people, they sliced and diced that video and took it out of context. So the next day we brought in WSB TV and we let them show, see the full run of tape. And what you'll see, the events that transpired are nowhere near what was, pro was uh, projected by you know, but where were the poll watchers, Brad? There were no poll watchers there. There were no Democrats or Republicans. There was no security there. It was late in the evening or late in the early in the morning, and there was nobody else in the room. Where were the poll watchers? And why did they say a water main broke, which they did, and which is reported in, in the newspapers? They said they left. They ran out because of a water main break, and there was no water main. There was nothing. There was no break. There was no water main break. Um, but where, if you if you take out everything, where were the Republican poll watchers? Even where were the Democrat poll watchers? Because there were none. And then you say, well, they left their station. You know, if you look at the tape, and this was it. This was reviewed by professional police and, and detectives and and other people. Uh, when they left in a rush, everybody left in a rush because of the water main. But everybody left in a rush. These people left their station. When they came back, 
they didn't go to their station. They went to the apron wrapped around the table under which were thousands and thousands of ballots in a box that was not a, an official or a sealed box. And then they took those and they went back to a different station. So if they would have come back, they would have walked to their station and they would have continued to work. But they couldn't do the, even that because that's illegal because they had no Republican poll watchers. And remember, her reputation is 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 devastating. She's known all over the internet, Brent. She's known all over. It's, I'm telling you, where's where was one of the hot items on the they knew her. Where's uh, so, Brad, you know, this, there can be no justification for that. And I, I, you know, I give everybody the benefit of the doubt. But that was, and, and Brad, why did they put the, the uh, votes in three times? You know, they put them in three times. They did not put that. We, we, can, we did an audit of that, and we proved conclusively that they were not scanned three times. Well, where was everybody else at that late time in the morning? Where was everybody? Where were the Republicans? Where were the security guards? Where were the people that were there just a little while before when everyone ran out of the room? How come How come we had no security in the room? Why did they run to the bottom of the table? Why did they run there and just open the skirt and rip out the, uh, and rip out the votes? I mean, Brad. And they were sitting there... I think for five hours or something like that, the votes. But they just all happened to run back and go, you know, Brad. Yeah, Mr. President, we'll send you the link from WSB. That does I, I don't care about a link. I don't need it. I have a, I a have, much, Brad, I have a much better link. I, I will tell you, I've seen the tape, the full tape. So has Alex. We've watched it. And what we saw and what we've confirmed in the timing is that they made everybody leave. We have sworn affidavits saying that. And then they continue, then they began to process ballots. And our estimate is that there were roughly 18,000 ballots. We don't know that. If you know that. It was 18,000 ballots, but they used each one three times. Well, so I don't know about that, but yeah, I know Well, I, I do, because we have it, we had ours magnified out. So but, uh, each, we each one watched, magnified out. I watched the entire thing. Right. But, but, you know. Yeah, guys, that's some crazy stuff. Now, think about that, ladies and gentlemen. 18,000 ballots. Could that be just the uh, dead people on those ballots and then running by three times? Now, imagine, ladies and gentlemen, if Hunt, uh, Hunter Biden, whew, if Biden only won Georgia by 11,000 ballots for them to need to run their ballots, 18,000 of them, three times each. What is that? Quick math. Like 2,044,000? How bad of a loss was Georgia for Biden? Like it took them that many ballots just to catch up to Trump enough to win by 11 grand. Come on, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, so <laughs> that's some pretty intense stuff. I see jail bars. <laughs> I see prison time for Brad Raffensperger, the Secretary of Snakes, which brings us to our final point in regard to the Secretary of Snakes, because this is the organization George Soros knew he had to infiltrate along with the National Association of Election Board Directors in order to pull off such a heist in 2020. Now, we have um, we have some reports about Nevada 
being in the House, let me see if I can't get this off the big screen, uh, being in the House in Arizona for the election audits, right? Nevada is also in play. That's one of the states that kind of snuck under the radar. Nevada's got a lot of stuff moving up against them. Apparently, they have a pretty poisonous state legislator, state legislation, I apologize. Um, and uh, they, even though Nevada is, you know, by any, by all, by all accounts necessary to say they're a red state, but they're a red legislature, it runs blue. And so the state runs as well. Now, uh, the last uh, clip I'm going to play in regards to this election um, um, audit stuff is going to be from Steve Bannon's war room. Look at that handsome man on the screen there, pulled his hair back. <laughs> I'm not going to pick on Mr. Bannon. Mr. Bannon, I don't mean to pick on you, sir, but thank you for shaving. Okay, so um, <laughs> in this clip, uh, Steve Bannon is speaking with Steve Bannon is speaking with a dude by the name of Jim Marchant. And he is going to be running for the Nevada Secretary of State position. He's a candidate coming up for there. So in this clip, he's going to explain a little bit about that. Come to find out, we weren't totally wrong when we reported about the National Association of Secretary of Snakes being infiltrated by the likes of Soros. They talk about it in this clip, ladies and gentlemen. Check it out. Turn out of Jim Marshall. You got the drift of it. Georgia and the people of Georgia, whether you're Democrat or independent, don't deserve this thing to be accessible. This is an embarrassment. And it, and it took you got to get, get up on that mic. This is this is this is an embarrassment. You've been fighting this. I keep hearing, by the way, folks should understand Arizona is the least of our problems. Georgia's accessible, Pennsylvania's accessible, Michigan's accessible, Wisconsin's the easiest one to prove. But the granddaddy of them all is what they're telling me all the time when they first flew out there. The granddad Brian Kennedy said, Steve. Yep. You can't believe Nevada. Nevada, there's not amateurs. It's like the gambling. It's professional. Very professional. Uh, like I told you and tell everybody, George Soros started this in 2004 with a machine and a plan, and they accomplished it. They have What, what was the plan Soros had? Operation Secretary of State. It was uh, established in 2004, and they managed to get a, a Democrat Secretary of State elected in 2006 for the 2007 session and he implemented the machine and nobody paid attention nobody paid attention so this, is this an honorary position what is a secretary of state yeah and we thought you signed treaties with foreign countries right oh, no. no they controlled the election system so i tell you this was stacy and sort these are smart they, yes they get they understand how to take power well george soros knew to take the secretary of state offices first and then ags and then da's so they started back in 2004, and Harry Reid, and, and he had a plan, and they executed it flawlessly. And we are, the election that happened on 2020 is a result of what started in 2004. Multiple, you're saying multiple, that's 16 years in the making, yep. but you got it. How are you, we're, we, we refer to this as the 3 November 2020 movement. Right. We hear all the voter integrity and all that, God bless you, and we got to win 2023, right. 2024. But until we get to the bottom of 3 November, the hardest one we've got in these battleground states is going to be Nevada. Nevada. Right. So, so yeah. give us, I know you're a fighter. One of the, reasons, a fighter. the reason is uh, we're 100%. Nikki Fuller, 
vouches for you as a fighter. So I, so I know she's a fighter. She's a fighter. She's a fighter. She's on Trump 16, man. You don't get any bigger 20. You don't get any bigger fighters. She was a Trump warrior, let me tell you. So 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 how are you going to get? Well, how are we going to get to the bomb of three November? We can't let them off the hook. Well, we have we unfortunately in Nevada we're 100% controlled by Democrats from the constitutional offices down to the assembly, and that was not what it was in 2004. No. That's what 2004, that's what getting the Secretary of State got exactly. us. A state that's got, it's, it should be a red state, yeah. but it's controlled by Democrats. Absolutely is a red state. And what by putting together that machine, Harry Reid and George Soros, uh, it, we are where we're at because of that. So uh, very important that we reverse and counter what they did. And that's what I'm doing with uh, my uh, Secretary of State Coalition. We're going to do the same Talk thing. about the coalition, because that's what excited me about yeah. you. I said, this guy's got a vision. You know, Brian Kennedy, a bunch of Brian guys Kennedy, great John, great guy. But this is where you actually are trying to set up something that counters what Swartz is doing. Right. So we've got a coalition, and we've got uh, uh, Mark Fetcher from Arizona, um, Christine Carmo from Michigan, Jody Heiss, who I met with the other day. Here. We got the hardcores. Yeah. Um, uh, Rachel Ham from California, myself from Nevada, and we're looking for others that are America first, uh, Donald Trump loving MAGA candidates that want to come in and join us and run As for Secretary, Secretary of State States. in in states. Yeah, so any of them that's up, uh, there are some incumbents that are running, and we hope that they will adopt some of our policies that we're going to put forward. So uh, in Pennsylvania, breaking news, by the way, in Pennsylvania, they're talking about, I think Senator Argyle met with activists today and he said, hey, look, I think we've got to start. I think we start moving towards a full forensic audit, at least starting in certain counties. Right. And see where it goes from there. Understanding in Nevada, the House is against it. You know, you don't have any of the executives. You don't have the legislatures. Walk me through, though, as a fighter, you're always thinking about what right. are you doing? What, what's the alternative of how to get in Nevada and how to get to the bottom of three Nevada? Yeah, everything is against us in Nevada. The judges, they wouldn't even give us one evidentiary hearing. So we've got to figure out a different way. So what we're doing is we have, there's 17 counties in Nevada, and 15 of them are blood red. And we're going to use them to uh, force the issue with the two counties that have the bad registrars and have the that would be Clark County Clark County and Washoe County yeah. and we're going to use them and and believe me we've been working for quite a while Maricopa County is two-thirds of the vote of Arizona we understand out there they may go to Pinal and Pima County that would get about 80 percent right uh the two counties you got 15 red counties the two blue counties right or what percentage of the state 70 percent oh more than that probably uh 85, 90 even. 90%. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's uh, most of the population. So how, do you, how do you, how do we get about 30 seconds? How, how are you going to sue from the county level? Right. To try We're to force sue from hand? the county level. And then ultimately, if, uh, if, if we can't get satisfaction through that, we, they won't certify the next election. We got to find out who our Harry Reid Republicans are. And then we also have right. to do this. We need a slate. We need a slate of our endorsed candidates. I like her. Harry Reid Republican. That's right. What's a Harry Reid Republican? Uh, Sandoval's one. Barbara Sagaski's another. Our current Secretary of State. Yeah. Okay. That's what I like to hear. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's pretty good stuff right there. I mean, that that's going to get me pumped up, too. So you have, oh, I mean, come on, guys. They know it. They see it. There was an entire mechanism, an entire operation run by Soros to get the Secretary of Snakes 
under his thumb. They did it by probably dishing a lot of the money to the National Association of Secretary of Snakes. That's the game that they played. They have been doing this the long game, the long view, the long battle. We guys know that they have been working on this for decades, nigh on centuries, to, to whatever planet it is that they have. So we as patriots can take, you know, a couple of, you know, I don't know, a decade or two if we have to. I mean, to, if you guys are following me on the NRO and that uh, Space Force program, then you guys know that they, the patriots have been working on this at least since the 50s and 60s. Okay, so, but at the same time, uh, this dude here, uh, Marchant, Jim Marchant, who is running for Secretary of State of Nevada, has started a coalition of other people running for Secretary of State. Now, this is how we fight back. This is how we get it going. We as the citizens, as the constituents, need to stand behind these people. Now, we just had one of them, and he mentioned her name, Christina Caramo from Michigan. Remember, guys, she's the one that delivered 7,500 affidavits from other Michiganers to Secretary of State Benson, uh, Snakes Benson's office. Remember, guys, we watched that last week. So Caromo, she's in on it. Mark Fincham, you guys know who Mark Fincham is. Mark Fincham is the dude who's heading, uh, who's been, uh, well, he hand-delivered um, a letter during the January 6th uh, false flag riots, but uh, he's also been fighting for Arizonans and also been uh, keeping up with the uh, election audits over there. So Mark Fincham's a good guy. Uh, who else do we have on this? He mentioned Brian Kennedy from Rhode Island. We also have Jody Heist from Georgia and Rachel Hamm from California. So I would say definitely check into Rachel Hamm. If she's part of this coalition, if she's America first, if she's MAGA, like the rest of these individuals who are joining this coalition, these might be some people, this might be our sliver of hope. This might be our opportunity to actually change things around. Ah, you know, we have to see what's up guys, ladies and gentlemen, uh, as we look at this from state to state and all of this stuff starts to come for light. Now, I noticed uh, Tanya Kill over there said something about Nevada being the sleeping bear. Like they said here, Nevada is a red state, but it's blue because the legislation, the legislators run the state. So, um, yeah, wake that sleeping bear up. Poke it a little bit, you know, <laughs> get them going. Tell them to stop gambling. No, just kidding. I love going to Las Vegas. But anyways, okay, guys, that's going to wrap on that information. Now, the last thing we're going to cover today, it's just a video, ladies and gentlemen. By request, we're going to go ahead and show, we're going to go ahead and air the Project Veritas video. Now, you guys know about the Project Veritas. What is this? You guys know about this whole thing. It was Ivory, uh, Ivory Hecker. This woman right here went live on the air and basically said that she was going to out her bosses over at Fox. And this is a local Fox, not Fox, the big Fox, not the ones that sold us out on election day. Right. Uh, and she can out her bosses about how there's bias in their journalism. <clears throat> I'm sure you all remember it. She was doing that report about uh, the, the washing machine, the, the washing machine about the air conditioner. And she was like, uh, uh, air conditioner. Oh, I'm going to be on project Veritas outing my bosses for bias reporting here at Fox local. And now a second one has come out, a weather woman. That one was class A. Um, so anyways, uh, we're going to go ahead and share this real quick just to wrap up the night. 
just to put a nice cherry on top of the sea report for Monday, June 21st. I hope you guys have enjoyed the show, um, but we'll, we'll wrap with this. I'm sure there'll be plenty to comment about it in uh, the chat room, but it's some good stuff. So let's go ahead and get this rolling and we'll call it a night, ladies and gentlemen. I'll see you on the other side. Fox came at my throat for standing up against censorship. In my opinion, you failed as a reporter. From the inside, yes, there's a narrative. Yes, it is unspoken. But if you accidentally step outside the narrative, if you don't sense what that narrative is mm -hmm. and go with it, there will be grave consequences for you. It's not just about the viewers. It's about where our CEO reads. It's about where our GM reads. My question is very simple. Why are you doing this? It affects the viewers. That's why I'm doing this. The viewers are being deceived by a carefully crafted narrative in some stories. I have passed on Bitcoin stories. African-American audience, the five is probably not going to play. That's a choice I'm making, an editorial choice. That seems sort of a racially charged statement to make. I want out of this narrative news telling. I want out of, of this corruption. Are you afraid of doing this? I'm horrified at what the news business has, has stooped to. What you just heard was our newest insider, Fox 26 reporter Ivory Hecker, blowing the whistle on her own network's bias. Hecker felt compelled to come forward and shine a light on what she says is Fox 26 being, quote, deceptive to viewers. Fox came at my throat for standing up against censorship. Fox Corp is prioritizing corporate interests above the viewer's interests and therefore operating in a deceptive way. I have passed on Bitcoin stories. African-American audience, the five is probably not going to play. That's a choice I'm making, an editorial choice. You're the intruder. You're the one that's just posting about hydroxychloroquine. That's about the viewers. It's about what our CEO is. You need to stand for something or fall for anything. Ivory, what do you do at Fox 26 Houston? I'm a reporter, um, day side reporter, primarily on the five o'clock news, also six o'clock news. And why have you chosen to come forward? What's happening within Fox Corp is an operation of prioritizing corporate interests above the viewer's interests and therefore operating in a deceptive way. Viewers are being deceived about some of the things that are going on. From my experience, my newsroom kind of groups everyone into racial groups. You know, a lot of our meetings are about, well, how does this play to black people? Hecker says Fox 26 suppression of news stories many times was based on their viewer demographics. I have passed on Bitcoin stories by almost every single reporter for our five o'clock audience because that's not our five o'clock audience. So there are lots of reasons. If I know our numbers are tanking from five to six and in one particular segment, uh, you know, an older woman, whatever, I may say, yeah, the Bitcoin for poor African-American audience of five is probably not going to play. That's a choice I'm making, an editorial choice. What does she mean by that? Research is done to study who, who, what sort of demographic groups watch each newscast. And it was found that, uh, according to her, that some of our biggest audience at five is poor black people. And she has decided that poor black people don't care about Bitcoin. 
that seems sort of a racially charged statement to make for on her behalf. She chose to kind of divert to the to the story of Bitcoin herself. Hecker goes on to explain how she believes Fox 26's biases go beyond just race. It even seeps into their coverage of medicine and health in general. We have some of those examples, including a video clip of, of Dr. Stella Emanuel talking about hydroxychloroquine in July of 2020. You don't need to be afraid. COVID has a cure. You don't need to be afraid. COVID has prevention. If they put everybody on hydroxychloroquine right now, for those with early disease, early disease, and those that want to get prevention, I'm telling you, will stop COVID in its tracks in 30 days. That story went viral July 27th. The next morning at Fox 26, someone tipped me off. This doctor's from Houston. This is our local story. Um, and we also, everyone noticed how it, it was getting censored across social media platforms like we'd never seen before. We were all stunned by that. My boss, Susan, talked about how it did not make sense that they were censoring this. Dart brought up that. Who's Dart? Oh, Dart is Susan's boss, our station president. And Dart on that call, he said, look, it's obvious why this is getting censored. President Trump said that hydroxychloroquine works. He retweeted her. And whatever he does, everyone wants to do the opposite. That's, what, that, that's what Dart said. So the story aired. We talked about we talked about a recent NIH study where hydroxychloroquine was found to neither be harmful or helpful. But I added that to the story. And Susan, the next day, said it was a very well-rounded, great story. But after I was done putting that story together, I made a separate social media post about censorship itself. And I said, look, we just witnessed unprecedented censorship across the social media monopoly, her, her being censored. That's an alarming precedent that was just set. So this was like a, a turning point moment for that, you. That was a turning point for me. This, yeah. Uh, I mean, that was, yeah. What, what became a turning point was how Fox reacted. Fox came at my throat for standing up against censorship. Why do you think they did that? Why do you think they came at you so hard? Here's the thing. From the inside, yes, there's a narrative. Yes, it is unspoken. But if you accidentally step outside the narrative, if you don't sense what that narrative is mm -hmm. and go with it, there will be grave consequences for you. And this story with Dr. Verone is what proves that? That's a, you know, that's a great question. And the answer is yes, we have used it. I mean, we know that it's a drug that has been politicized up to the wazoo. Uh, we used it, we used it with good success. I, I asked that question because I was getting those tips from the viewers. And that was that was a story, by the way, that Susan and Lee sent me there to cover the COVID treatments at that hospital. I just wasn't supposed to ask that question. To cease and desist posting about hydroxychloroquine. In my opinion, you failed as a reporter to not know more if you were going to post about hydroxychloroquine hydroxychloroquine that you didn't look it up and look at the latest post the latest research about it read the article read the i have there was I... a major study in the new england journal of medicine on july 23rd before that doctor you know went viral i mean you didn't refer to any of that that study makes him more news i was aware of that study 
which is why I posted him because I referenced it in my story about Dr. Emanuel. She's shutting down a, a news story that's, that's actually happening. And that's just, that's just one of many news stories. Many, uh, many stories have been shut down over the past uh, almost a year. And I have never to this day advocated for that drug. But Fox said, you've got to stop being a bias. This is the opposite of catering to the audience. The audience was craving answers. And then they're seeing that the news is not covering it at all. Does that build trust in the news? No, that alienates the viewers. They are left to just assume the news must be in on some sort of conspiracy because they're not answering our questions on, on what's really going on. When Hecker felt she was being targeted for simply trying to report the news, this motivated her to secretly record her supervisors, Vice President and News Director Susan Schiller, and Assistant News Director Lee Meyer. Everything's going to be under the microscope. You're not posting anything without Susan or I signing off on it. Industry executives who are the people who hire us and keep us employed. That's the part that needs to make a difference to them. It's not just about the viewers, it's about what our CEO reads. It's about what our GM reads. It's not just about the viewers, it's about what our CEO reads, it's about what our GM is general manager. What does that mean to you? That means that corporate values are above the, the viewers' interests. So in journalism school, we are taught your first loyalty is to the citizen. That, that right there is saying, we don't abide by journalism. We abide by corporate values. It appears Hecker wasn't alone. When our undercover journalists caught up with Hecker's Houston Fox 26 crew, they weren't shy about the bias they also felt existed at the network. You're at Fox 26? Yeah. How come you guys are like the all vaccine all the time channel? We hire producers, which are the ones that write the show. Mm -hmm. great for most people okay but the fact that they are choosing to avoid any negative press about about it they're not going and and looking at viewers legitimate concerns and really looking looking to get answers if you want to get vaccinated that's great um if you don't want to get vaccinated that's your personal choice but to to use use the venue of news to try to um, convince you to do something with your life. Mm -hmm. That's that was the de the journalism school's definition of propaganda. So every commercial has a post. Every other one. So how's that work? Who buys that space? Where does that CDC. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not just gonna say 
money maker for Fox. I mean, that's that's some advertising. The the vaccines they need to be advertised somewhere. They can be advertised on Fox. Fox gets paid for that. So you've got to, you know, as a viewer, you've got to look at who is who is advertising on this TV station and you've got to realize that surely this TV station doesn't want to hurt it's advertisers. When Hecker's Fox 26 colleagues were asked if Fox 26 would ever adjust news coverage based on its advertisers, even they admit, quote, a lot of stuff can happen, unquote. So could the ad council call you and be like, hey, I want to run all these spots, but I want to make sure your journalists aren't running any anti-vax stories. I looked up the ad council and their some of their biggest donors are the vaccine companies. So another one of their biggest donors is Fox Corp. So Ad Council would be paying Fox after Fox gave a tax-deductible donation to Ad Council. What's particularly concerning about the Ad Council posts is they don't come off as ads. It's not blatant that it's an ad, um, and it's actually paid advertising. So it's a little, it's You're a little it's deceptive. It's not clear that it's an yeah, ad. It's, yeah, it's a little deceptive as far as whether it is an ad. You know, the news does need advertisers to, to exist, but you always hope that if the news had to cover a story about its advertiser, that it would do it unbiasedly. But there is definitely a conflict of interest. You mentioned about advertisers. Does the news industry need advertisers to exist? They do. That's, that's their primary source of funding. Is that compatible with telling the news? There's always that concern that the corporation might cater too much to advertising or self-censor mm -hmm. to make sure they don't lose any advertisers. Mm -hmm. A reasonable viewer might conclude that a local Fox reporter like Ivory might be doing this just for fame and notoriety. When asked, this is what she had to say. And a lot of people are going to be watching this and speculating, saying things. You'll even have some critics. My question is very simple. Why are you doing this? It affects the viewers. That's why I'm doing this. The viewers are being deceived by a carefully crafted narrative in some stories. Okay. In, in some areas, they do fantastic journalism. For some reason, some of these stories have an incredible slant. And if you accidentally step outside it, you, you, they try to internally destroy you.
as, as I've witnessed firsthand, that affects the viewers. That does not just affect me. Are you afraid of doing this? I haven't had a lot of fear about it. I'm, I'm so horrified mm -hmm. at what the news business has, has stooped to. At this point, I want out mm -hmm. of, of this, this narrative news telling. I, I want out of, of this corruption. Corruption, that's a strong word. I want out of the corruption. I want to tell true stories without without fear of whether it, it fits the corporate narrative. The corporate news paradigm is incompatible with journalism. Absolutely. It's very sad. It's very and sad. you're not the only person that feels this way. We have spoken to other people who may or may not do what you're doing, who work for other stations and news operations and news organizations. What is your message to those people? You need to stand for something or fall for anything. And journalism is so important. If you look at history, it is so important to, to go, after, go after the stories that, that your viewers are craving answers to, to keep that loyalty to the viewers and to the truth. And if you allow yourself to be... Um, guided through a, a corporate narrative to be used as a tool of, of corporate narrative, corporate news narrative, corporate news propaganda, whatever you want to call it, then you may very well be contributing to the problems that begin to develop uh, in a society that develops a censored press. Ivory Hecker is ready to pursue a career in independent journalism where she can report the news without fear or favor. If you work in media and see corruption, email us at VeritasTips at ProtonMail.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I just, you know, that was an important story to share. We didn't cover it whenever she came out and did her little uh, secret expose there live on the air. There's a lot more coming up, of course, in regards to uh, individuals who are coming forward from the media who are actually saying something and doing something about it, um, regardless of whatever it is. <laughs> Because there's trolls and there's trolls in Twitch again. Oh my goodness. You know what? There's a bigger picture out of there just chatting Twitch. <laughs> there's a bigger picture. And she's now a part of that conversation. And interestingly enough, um, prior to coming on today, we had I had a conversation at the dinner table with my family about, you know, about the role of news versus, you know, small time, you know, uh content creators that share this kind of information. Uh, but we're weeks ahead of them in most cases, and that's just the way it's going to be because uh, we set the narrative, it seems like, nowadays, and it seems like it's happening more and more as we move on in the future. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to wrap it up for the C-Report tonight. Now, I got to say, I'm going to release the, I'm gonna release the Lotto Scratch Off. Don't worry. Absolutely just be... It's going to be crazy. It's going to be great uh, once those blessings pass. But thank you all again for the gold pill donations, as well as the blessings and the wishes and the prayers for my family as we uh, as we we move into this final step, I guess you could say. But I'm I don't know about you guys, but I, I'm a really big fan of Project Veritas. Uh, I'm a really big fan of James O'Keefe. He was in my city for crying out loud on my mother's birthday. Uh, so I'm gonna do this. <laughs> 
we're going to take it out with a little bit of a dance party tonight. So you guys can dance with me. Uh, I won't be on screen, so too bad. But again, I'm going to release the lotto. We're going we're gonna to listen to this. We're going to dance to it. We're going to have a good time, right? I think we are. I think we're going to have a good time. Because I just... <laughs> I love James O'Keefe. Okay, we're gonna play this music video. All right, guys, because I don't think uh, I don't think y'all were here when we played it the first time on the Sea Report, and the sound was pretty bad. But um, it's gonna be a fun time. I'll release the lotto. Thank you all for tuning in tonight to the Sea Report. Uh, we'll be back again tomorrow, God willing, at seven thirty p.m. Central Time, eight thirty p.m. Trump Time. 5.30 over if you're on Pacific. Um, and we'll see you guys again tomorrow. Until then, ladies and gentlemen, have a great night and enjoy this little dance-off riff with me. We're going to have a fun time. We're going to have a fun time tonight. No one ever says those things out loud, but it's obvious. Here's all. Leads, 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 leads. I think that's not Twitter permanently suspended his account after he exposed hypocrisy and fraud at CNN. It's very costly, very controversial. That's so promoting misinformation. The footage of Project Veritas is part of, according to Stanford researchers, coordinated disinformation. Coordinated disinformation in the New York Times for defamation. Project Veritas just won a major victory in that case. It comes to you and offer you $100 million in a so tell them to go to hell. I, 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 I just can't believe that my face is on TV. I'm like that gay. And my left to right. And what it will be. I'm like that gay. I have to be true. The street that they've been using. He's suing Twitter for defamation. Yeah.